Lagunita is a little something. It's probably my favorite beer. But not, not just because of the taste of it. It's because of uh, where I was when I was put onto it. Even the one that I'm going to mention now is probably not even really my favorite. It's just the first one that comes to mind. And that one is probably uh, Bone Thugs East 99. Uh, Mom's Spaghetti. Like literally my mom's spaghetti. Not just because Eminem said it in uh, 8 Mile. But yes, my mom's spaghetti is probably my favorite dish. Beats the podcast. Yes, we're back at it again. Um, still a brand new year. Still keeping things moving. The gentleman I'm with today, who is so uh, so humbly allowed me into his abode, um, he's a Miami MC, a producer, videographer, host of the Medianoche podcast, and easily, I would say easily, the artist with the dopest supporting actor in all his videos, and we'll get more into that. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking about none other than Art Morera. What's up, man? All right, how we doing, sir? I'm good, oh, I guess bro. we could do the initial. Yeah, they'll get that on the microphone. So, <laughs> sir. Um, Word. Yeah, it, it's this is where typically if I, I if I know the guest if I've known the guest for a while I kind of you know pepper in spots where it's like oh yeah remember when we met there we did this or when we met or whatnot. So this is the first time I got to sit down and actually build with you. Yeah. We kind of been shooting shooting um text messages back and forth. Right. Uh, we have mutual friends in uh, in Sir Charles, aka Thousand, uh, Orion, so on and so forth, um, and uh, uh, Mowgli, cool dude. I have to get Mowgli on the show too. He's waiting on me. But uh, so this is like this is great for me because I'm getting to know you um, all in one shot at the same time that my listeners getting to know you. They might already know your music, might be familiar, but let's just say they're not. So let's let's give them the like you know like the three course. How art came to be, how you got into music, so on and so forth. So um, I'll let you take the floor whenever you want to start. Yeah, for sure, man. Thanks for having me, bro. You Not know, a problem. We out here. Yes. Um, word. So you want to find out how I got into music? Yes. But, oh, wait. You know what? Hold that thought. Okay. Because we're going to do this right. I know we said it. <laughs> Let's set this thing off right. Shouts to Mama Juana King. We're going to take a shot of Mama Juana just to get the juices, the creative juices flowing. Uh, it's your first time drinking Mama Juana? I believe so, yes. Okay. So it's very similar. I know you, you mentioned um, uh, Drink Champs. I don't even know if that's a sacrilegious thing to do is mention other podcasts on your podcast. Not but, at all, man. Okay. Shout out to EFN and Nori, bro, for sure. For sure. So uh, this is our version of Tiger Bone as as uh, my friend, <laughs> as, as my homie Spaz pretty much dubbed it that. He's like, oh, that's your version of Tiger Bone. So it's pretty much the same thing. It's roots. It's kind of like a, a rum and honey wine. Um, there's a whole story to it. For those of y'all who heard the um, Mama Juana episode, you know it's the deal. If you haven't, go back and hear it. But uh, here we are. I'm going to take oh, a shot man. of this to get it going. Salud. Salud. Yes, sir. Oh, you know what it tastes like? What's that? It tastes, I don't know. Uh, kind of has like a, yeah, like a Rudy Cognac kind of, okay. uh, almost like medicine. Yep. It's kind of like, is this what my, my what our parents was giving us back in the day? It's very possible. Um, that actually was that was a, a remedy in Dominican Republic, and it would it was a remedy, and they would uh, 
what they would do is they would cultivate roots, cinnamon, bark from certain trees, and they'd jam it into a, a, an empty liquor bottle. Damn. And then it would develop, they, they would let it cure, and then eventually dump out what, I'm not sure what the fluid was that they would put in the bottle with the roots and whatnot, but eventually they let it cure, they dumped that out, and then they would go pouring rum and honey. Uh. And I don't know if there's a wine in it, but they would pour these things into it little by little and it would collect. And then eventually... You said that they would get an empty liquor bottle. Mm-hmm. Like they have a, a bunch of empty plastic bottles they don't want to throw away. Mm-hmm. So they're like picking the right one. They're like, damn, Windex? No. <laughs> Fabul- fabuloso? Mistoling? <laughs> nah, <laughs> not too sure if I want to use that. <laughs> All right, let's just get this old rum bottle. <laughs> the rum bottle. It seems appropriate. I think we catch a buzz off of it. What yeah. the hell? Damn, if, if this is the case, then man, our childhood was lit. <laughs> yeah, man. I, you, I it goes back to the whole thing about um, I know once in a while I, you'd hear about parents um, rubbing um, little whiskey on the gums on the kids when they were teething. Yeah. So you could just imagine, man. You're sitting there going, you're, you're teething, you're crying, and then they put that whiskey on your on your gums, and you're like, hey, what's going on here? Yeah, my childhood was is blurry, but I, don't, I didn't have any idea. That's probably why. That's probably why. Oh, okay. We're we're put we're we're completing the circle here. We're putting two and two together and figuring it out. That's funny. But I interrupted you just to get the Mama Juana shots in. I'm glad we did that. But uh, we were gonna take off on. Art and his journey when it comes to music. Yeah, you know, man, it's funny, bro. Like, if I go all the way back when, when I was in elementary school, okay. like, the, you pick two electives, right? I, mm. I don't know how it is with everyone else's school, but I picked guitar. But I, I, I really didn't have much of an idea why I picked guitar. It was just probably something that I thought was interesting and I didn't think much of it. Mm. And then the teacher that, that was uh, I was assigned to had us learn Beatles songs. Okay. So I was put onto the Beatles way early. And then I started to notice how uh, predominant like rock and roll was in my household mm-hmm. because especially in Miami, you know that our, our, our parents came from those uh, Southern American and Caribbean yeah. countries, whatever. And uh, that Spanish music over there, it transcended over to our household here in America. But, but um, they're trying to uh, assimilate into American culture, yeah. you know. So then we they, they get put onto the Elvis Presleys and the Jim Crochets and uh, again the Beatles or Creedence Clearwater Revival. You start watching, you start trying to assimilate into American culture. Yeah. So maybe that's probably why I gravitated a little bit more towards music because aside from that, I was always an illustrator. I always drew drawings and comic books and stuff, nice. you know. So guitar was my entry into the world of music. But it wasn't really into uh, until like middle school when, when uh, my older cousins had already been onto um, you know recording tapes off the radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that for me that was the late nineties. You yeah. know, so we're talking about the Method Man's and DMX's okay. and Mary J. Blige and Big Pun and you know Dr. Dre. Like that was the era of hip hop that I was uh, introduced to, and at the same time, I to me it was just popular music i had no idea about no subculture yeah none of that it was just music that i would hear when the car would turn on Mm. you know and it was like that for a while but you grow into it and you start to familiarize yourself with songs you like more than others like you know i would want to hear rap when i'm with my cousins but my mom would put on one uh white 100 okay you know and then my top 40 stuff and then my grandmother would put 98.3 and 95.7, <laughs> which are the two Spanish stations, you know? So it would be a mix of, like, songs like, And if you 
want to call me baby and they'll be like man, man change the station then you'll hear you know uh, like uh, some Dr. Dre song yeah. and then my grandmother would be like mira eso no es música vamos a cambiarlo para este cam you know what I'm saying yeah. and then you'll hear uh, you'll y'all hear, kept the presets busy like there was yeah <laughs> everyone was just mad and decisive of what they wanted to hear yeah but it, the mix of that was this like huge vast array of just different music at that time so music was always in my life but it wasn't up until like yeah I want to say middle school that I realized that um I really like music a lot and I always had a kind of a way with like little poetry you know little kids they yeah. try to experiment with their creative side yeah. and bro you know you take that with growing up in Hialeah which is like a rough neighborhood back in that day I don't know how it is now I don't live there but you know you start to realize that hip hop is kind of like a really popular thing in these urban communities, yeah. you know, and, um, you know, you try to get down and then you realize that it's actually something really dope. Mm. And that's how it was, man. You know, I got into hip hop, um, just because it was around me yeah. outside of my home in high school. You know how it was in the early 2000s, late nineties where it's like rockers versus rappers. That was still going on. Cause see, I'm, I'm from a couple years before that. Yeah. And, um, I graduated in 93 so and there was that there was that vibe. Uh, it's funny you say that because that that must have lasted for about ten years. Because I remember middle school, um, eighty seven, eighty eight, eighty nine, and that was the thing too. And it was like all oh, the rockers versus the rappers, and you know, you know, you'd have kids that were listening to Two Life Crew, and then you had kids that were listening to Def Leppard, and those were like the the contrasting sides of the argument. But like we t- we tell these stories like it was a civil war, you know. But in reality, it's just a bunch of kids that didn't like each other. Yeah. And, like, yeah. the, the security guards of these schools must have been, like, these fucking kids, bro. You know? But for us, like, we hear, like, war drums in the background. We're painting our face like the warriors and shit. Yeah, yeah. And it's like... But... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? so true. Like, we tell these stories, like, gather around, kids. Let me tell yeah. you what happened. And, like, they changed the course of history. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, exactly, you know? Which is funny, because now, I, it, it's, it's, crazy, it's crazy to see how it was so segregated back then with taste in music, you know? Mm. Whereas now, everything is just so blended, you know? Everything is a hybrid now, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, it's just crazy to see that transition, you know? Yeah. It's almost like now, people argue about who has who has depression, who has anxiety, you know? And they try to like... <laughs> yeah, and who's is worse? Whose struggle is more real? Yeah, that's kind of like the, the dividing factor now. Who suffers from mental health issues and who thinks that they're perfect, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's interesting how it went from... From, There's parallels between yeah like that people are always gonna find reasons to be on opposite sides of the fence in other words right you know um, but the side of the fence that I was on was on hip hop okay but I low key always loved rock music mm. again you know yeah so like when a band like Linkin Park started coming out or like Incubus was really popular or mm-hmm. whatever and I'm here trying to show my my hip hop homies this music and they're looking at these guys their surface level like faking it or whatever yeah and I just never. Uh, identified with just shutting out other mm. genres of music. I've always just been an overall lover of music, you know. Okay. But I got but I I got I got down with rap more. Even yeah. though I learned the guitar when I was a kid, I never excelled in it. Yeah. Past like the only song that I would play all the time was Stairway to Heaven. Okay. And like that's it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Then I'll watch Wayne's World and uh. he'll, he'll try to play the Stratocaster and he'll try to play Stairway to Heaven in the guitar store and the guy, and the guy would, would point him. at the sign. No stairway. no stairway. Denied. <laughs> you know? So it's just these little... You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, 
I'm 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 going all over the place with I'm not speaking chronologically of how I got into it, but that's essentially how it was, man. I yeah. you know got into hip hop from middle school and high school, and you grow, you know, you find out that those songs in the radio are actually from really talented artists, and then uh, your your homies put you on to what's not on the radio mm-hmm. from the early internet mm-hmm. and the skate videos and. Mm-hmm. Tony Hawk video games had yeah. an Aesop Rock song. Yeah, you don't yeah. know who the hell this Aesop Rock guy is. And yeah. you find out who he is, and there's a whole other subgenre in that direction. Yeah. So it's like opening up a door to a whole other section of the building that you didn't realize was there. We're like, oh, there's a whole other wing here. Yes, exactly. And then you get into the Def Juxes and all that other stuff. Yeah. Correct, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of that. That's a, that's a story timeless. Uh, that's a timeless story, or it, it happens through generations because I, I could echo those sentiments and find myself. I could remember finding myself in the same spot where I was like, this radio stuff is pretty cool. Yeah. But then when somebody played, you know, here in Florida, somebody played Karis was my philosophy for me. And I was like, oh, wait, what's this? Yeah. Like, what is this? Like, and then you'd go to the radio and I'm like, all right, they're not playing it on there. You mean that there's other types? You know, so right. it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty um, cool place to find yourself in when you're encountering and you're expanding your horizon. So that's, that's pretty dope. Yeah, it's excellent. It's like, no, when you're a kid, you, uh, it's like the, oh, what is it? Um, the cave, the allegory of the cave. You know what that is? Mm. I, for, I forgot who it was that wrote it. It's like this really old author, but where these two guys are chained up in a cave and shadows are casted on the wall in front of them. Okay. And their entire life, all they see is what's being shown on this wall. And that's okay. their perspective of everything. Oh, okay, okay. So it's like yeah. one of them gets loose off the chains and goes outside and sees there's a whole world out there yeah. and comes back and tells the other guy that hasn't been released from those chains yet. Yeah. And he's like, man, there's this whole world out there of other stuff. Yeah. And the guy's looking at him like, you're fucking crazy. All that's here, this is everything here. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing you know? beyond this. So for us, it's like the the cave is like the radio or the mm, jukebox, you yeah, know? Yeah, And then your other homie is like, bro, I just came back from FYE. You got no idea what's out there. Bro. Yeah. And you're looking yeah. at him like, for real? Yeah. There's other stuff out there. And it's all labeled from... in alphabetical order. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, so, man. You know, I, I, I really appreciated getting put on to um, lesser known artists, okay. underground uh, hip-hop, New York hip-hop at the time. It really really resonated with me way more than the radio. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because people associate radio with popularity. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. And um, I was never too... Po- I was never popular. Like, throughout my entire childhood, I was okay. never, ever popular. Yeah. Um, And uh, I guess maybe some homies of mine that put me on to lesser-known artists, I kind of maybe correlated that. Yeah. Where they're lesser-known, just like I'm lesser-known. So maybe this music is better for me and come mm. to find out it actually was. Yeah. But not to take away from popular kids or popular artists. I just... Because uh, that had its place too. That had its place in the lexicon of what it is of someone developing a musical taste. Yeah. All together. Word. Yeah, man. So that's, yeah, man. You know? that's, that's solid. Do you remember... Um, I know a lot of times when I speak to MCs and they're like, yeah, I remember, you know, I, I wrote my first rap, but then that right in the first rhyme or, or just that small uh, section of poetry or whatnot... Going from there to finding, actually finding your voice when it comes to hip hop, that's two different occasions. Um, do you remember kind of when you wrote, when you were, you said, you know, I'm going to sit down and write this first rap as opposed to the time when you said, you know what, this is what I'm supposed to sound like? Um, you know, man, truthfully, bro, I don't remember my first rap. Okay. I don't even remember. I, I have this. Or oh, what inspired it? I have this one old notebook. Okay. That I've been able to keep 
over all these years for all of all, all the times that I've moved and I've lost belongings. But mm-hmm. I have this one notebook. I'm not sure where it is right now, but it's somewhere around here where it's like super old, like eighth grade raps that I typed <laughs> on the computer and I picked a burgundy colored font okay. and I printed it out. Okay. And I would like paste it on this notebook and, uh, and I remember the style of raps back then were very, uh, wordy, very like poetic and melancholy, very like depressing raps, you know? Okay. I think the reason why is because I found myself really liking Eminem's music and, uh, Bone Thugs music and Tupac the Greatest Hits album, I remember. The one that's him, it's just a big picture of his face on the cover, his Greatest Hits album. Okay. That, and uh, this mixtape that, this burnt CD that my friend put me onto that had atmosphere music. Mm. And like all these guys, what they have in common is they make um, depressing raps, you yeah. know? I mean, Tupac is Tupac, but you know he has those like street tales of yeah. struggle and yeah, like yeah. tragedy. Yeah. Um. So, man, I for some reason I just resonated more with because there's two sides to hip-hop music bro there's the uppity side there's the 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 partying get down side and then there's the more serious street tales and darker side of yeah. the human experience yeah side of rap music right so i always liked the darker side for some reason which probably wasn't healthy for a kid um but when it was my turn to try to like emulate what i was listening to I would write songs that were like really more stories. I've always okay. been good at writing stories. Yeah. And uh, they were just like depressing stories. Like that one Eminem line where he goes, I tried suicide once and I'll try it again. That's why I write songs where I die at the end. You know? Mm, right. So it's like most of my songs, the person would just die at the end of the story. And uh, man, I must have been a weird kid because <laughs> fuck. You know? Um, but yeah, bro, like my earliest raps were definitely story based. And uh, trying to play with multi-syllable rhyme patterns because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I picked up on that real early with Big Pun mm. and Eminem. I didn't realize how Tupac always had two or three syllable rhyme patterns because yeah. he was so good at just making you focus on what he was saying instead of what words he was choosing to say it with. Mm. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm going to focus on these rhyme patterns and telling a sad story. Let's see how far I get with that. Yeah. And that was my early early run of these little raps, you know. Okay. And they were and back in the day that was like three long verses, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the songs were you came up, it was three long verses. There was sometimes you left room for a break between the second and the third verse. Yeah. Yeah, that was like the 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 formula or the format. And, and now that I think about it like I feel like back then cuz you know you're in school and language arts and all these classes um like one, of, I feel like in language arts they taught the kids about the three act narrative, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. And yeah. so it's like the beginning, the conflict, and the resolution, yeah. right? That's verse one, verse two, verse three. Yeah. That's kind of. I feel like my, I may have been practicing the three act narrative in a three verse song, and I got a bunch of them, man. I have to find that notebook too. So. But yeah. So. Yeah. Cool, cool. So now fast forward to the time where you figure, hey, you know what? I'm actually. I'm actually, I feel confident with what it is that I'm writing and with actually recording it. So recording it, uh, yeah. You know what's funny? Not a lot of MCs transition over to that, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, bro, I remember the earliest times that I ever, like, spoke into a microphone. I was living in Hialeah, and 
Actually, the first time that I ever spoken to a mic ever was uh, the high school that I was in, Barbara Goldman, okay, senior high school. Like they saw that there was a good little crowd of like rappers, you know, of MCs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So they're like, oh, let's throw an MC battle during lunch, which was the first time that I ever spoken to a mic in my whole life. Right. I signed up and. Uh, I get on stage, and mind you, this is in front of the whole school, okay? I'm in, ni- I'm in ninth grade, yeah. this is in front of the whole school, all the girls that I had a crush on were all sprinkled all over the place, <laughs> right? And um, I, get in- I speak on the mic, and that's when I realized that I had no idea what projecting your voice was like, and um, you definitely get the butterflies, because mm. you're in front of literally the whole fucking school, yeah. um, and... Needless to say, I, I definitely did not do good mm. on the first battle. Yeah. And the guy that I battled was this kid named Demetrius. I don't know where he's at, but um, I'm so thankful that he, like, wiped the floor with me in this <laughs> battle. Because he said this one super, super, like, corny but effective, really <laughs> effective line yeah. that the crowd went, the audience went stupid. And, uh, yep, I lost. Uh-huh. And then I remember the girl... That I had a crush on at the time was really cool with me before I got on stage. But then right when I got off stage, I was like, damn, I lost. And she's like, yeah, I know. And this other kid put his arm around her and they walked away (laughs) like a movie. And I'm just there like, fuck. You couldn't write that. I'm like, damn, dude. (laughs) I'm like, this is what hip hop's all about? Yeah, I'm like, shit, Eminem, I feel you, bro. (laughs) So then like... I remember, man, I spent, from that day forward, the whole end of that year, and the whole summer, like how Kanye West made five beats a day for three summers, Okay, you know? I must have, I went to like rap boot camp in my Mm, head, you know? mm. And uh, man, I freestyled like hours and hours a day, just, it it consumed my whole life, you know? And um, and then by by the time that I went back, I, I... well, I was significantly better. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I became like the best battle MC in yeah. that school, right? Again, we tell these stories like it's Civil War, but it's, yeah. it's, we're, we're talking about high school, you know? Yeah. So, um, like, from there, I would go to like hip hop shows, and I would get on the mic, and I would rap on stage, and I would just be winning battles. I would lose some some every now and then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But my ratio was much higher from then on. Yeah. To the point where I went, like, I went, like, I would say, like, a whole year and a half without losing one battle. But I would battle, like, every day. Right? And that's when I was like, man, um, let me try to record a song, you know? Which is where we're at now. You are yeah. on the studio. Yeah. So this dude named Gels, right? In high school. Shout out to Gels. Uh, he had, he, he was living, like, obviously with his family. And he had one of those little plastic mics. It's like a plastic stick. Those desktop mics that... Like, okay, yeah, yeah. I was talking about, yeah, it's just usually sit it on it's top like, of a disc. It's like a little bass. Yeah, a little bass. With the, disc. It's like a stick. It looks mm-hmm. like an old pen or something. Mm-hmm. And that was the mic. And then we would put the headphones on and I would rap. I think it was like an Acid, uh, some program named Acid or something. Yeah. And uh, I listened back and I'm like, whoa, this <laughs> is what the fuck I sound like. <laughs> you know? And, uh, bro, I recorded like three or four little tracks and I burnt them on a CD and I walked around with that shit like it was like straight out of Compton bro yeah. you know I showed everyone 
yo, this is me, this is me. And they're listening to it. And you imagine to a kid, it's not like you're listening to a good song. Mm. You're just listening to a song, a song that's yeah. not common back then. Yeah. Like now everyone has a home studio and kids be dropping mixtapes like before they graduate high school, you know? Yeah. But back then it was not as abundant as it is now. So I would show everyone these little tracks and I listen back to them now and I'm like, oh shit, you know, man, like not bad. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. compared for to what it was, yeah. What I'm talking about, like you know, you know, pre-production, like you said, pre-technology, where you know, cats could kind of freak stuff, even if they don't know a lot about engineering, they could kind of like clean stuff up. Yeah, and you didn't have that back then, and even still, you were kind of yeah. you were taken back at the fact that it didn't sound as bad as you thought it did. It really just did not. And there's something about that too. Like there's some early Eminem tracks that they don't sound mixed. Mm. They don't sound. They're very low fidelity. Yeah. And there, there's a charm to that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so I listened back to those old tracks and I'm like, damn, you know what, man? Not bad. It gave me enough um, uh, encouragement to not quit. Okay. And keep recording more and more little rough tracks. And it wasn't until after high school that I got into this group where that was my first um, time in a real studio. Right? Okay. And... Um, I mean, are you trying to get into that? Or? We could do that though. Yeah, we could no, do that. That's fine. My bad, because I can keep going. I'm not trying no, to. You it's, know? No, it's cool. I'll let you know. I'll let you know when we can bounce to the next thing. But okay, you're good. Word. You're good. Well, long story short, man. Like, uh, shout out to to Jesse and to Q, which was um, um, and Eddie, where which we were in a group called DMG. Okay. And they, I guess, were much more industry savvy than I ever was, okay. especially back in that day. Where they um, knew who to f look for and how to get in contact with them and get into their good graces. And um, we got into the studio with this dude named Drop, right? And mm -hmm. Drop, for people in Miami that aren't familiar with who Drop is, he is a, a super engineer, right? He works a lot with um, with Fat Joe, okay. with Khaled, and just that whole, definitely the industry, but... Mm. but um. More so those guys that I mentioned, right? Yeah. And I remember we pulled up to his crib, and his studio. He he his studio was in his house, but it was very much like there was a booth with padding. There was the the faders, um, and Fat Joe would record there, right? So there was a there was a mural on his wall of like Terror Squad. It was Big Pun and Fat Joe up top. Then you had All Tony right. Sunshine and Cuban Link. And Remy Ma, and that was the first time that I uh, was made aware that, you know, I'm not sure if you know, but, you know, Terror Squad had that fallout, and yeah. Fat Joe was, um, and Cuban Link. Yeah, they were out of Edens. They yeah. yeah. So Cuban Link's face was all fucked up, you know, because I guess he had recorded there. And I remember being there like, oh shit, this is like where he recorded and probably let out frustrations about that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um. And I remember like rapping into that mic and it sounded so much better than what I had been used to that it was intimidating, mm, you know? Yeah. Because like we kind of maybe we associate low quality mics with um, being able to get away with imperfect deliveries yeah. because it doesn't even sound that good overall anyway. Yeah. Whereas when you rap into a pristine microphone, it's going to capture everything, yeah. you know, like yep. in the highest quality. So it was intimidating at first, but that was good. I was kind of getting thrown to the wolves of like higher quality studios. And then that's how it began, you know? Yeah. We started to um, polish our rapping 
voice mm. in that quality studio, okay. which is a blessing, you know? Yeah. Um, which is funny, man, because after I left that group, I'm, I'm going to skip over the whole shit with the group, but cool. like when I left that group and I found myself alone again, this was like two years after being with them, right? Um, I tried to rap into the mic on my own, and it's like I had regressed. Really? You know? Mm. I had all the, all the muscle memory of yeah. being in that group and how I sounded with them. I had regressed to sounding worse than before I got wow. with them. And I had to relearn. Kind of like getting into a car accident. You yeah. Relearn how yeah, to exactly. walk. I had to relearn how to sound good wow. on a song. And I would try to put out these songs by, my, by myself, like in 2009, 2010. And they just weren't sounding good, man. At all. So it's not like riding a bike. Fuck no, hell no. <laughs> it's definitely not like riding a bike. It's like it's like trying to ride a bike with new legs. Yeah, yeah. Like, yo, how the fuck do I do this again? <laughs> so um yeah man, like I had to relearn. And it wasn't up until like two years after that that I found my voice. Okay. You know? So imagine it's kinda like I have another story that I can kind of associate that with, right? Okay. Where it's like you get into it and then you kinda catch a stride where you sound good for some reason. Which was probably dropped, making us sound good, you know? Mm, mm-hmm. And then uh, with mixing it. And then you leave the group and you realize that it's a lot more difficult to sound good on a record and you have to relearn that. Whereas, like, when I was learning how to skateboard, I first got on it and before I knew it, in like two days, I was popping Ollies. Wow. And then I realized how technical it was to pop an Ollie and it took me five years to pop an Ollie again. Wow. You know? Yeah. It's like, that's uh, wow. That's, that's wild because it's kind of like I say it a lot of times it's like once you start to analyze something like every detail you can become paralyzed by it you're like oh, yeah. wait a minute it's a you know as opposed to you just doing it uh, just uh, like carefree or flowing yeah, and not taking into consideration what it is that goes into it just out of out of like out of like muscle memory just doing it you know yeah like I overcomplicated the analysis of it mm-hmm. and then it just threw me off yeah. for years and then after a while you just kind of like Little by little, you find yourself getting to that groove again. Yeah. And yeah, you know, shit. So, but the way I sounded on my own, I don't sound the same way as I did when I was with that group. Yeah. You know, I kind of like... A noticeable difference. Yeah, I, I, I found myself. I truly found myself after leaving that wow. group. You know? Wow. So. Dope, dope. And you didn't stop there. Um, you started putting out music. Eventually, um, you started uh, getting into podcasting yourself. Way later. Way later. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Did, wait, did uh, videography and, and photography happen before podcasting? Absolutely. Man. Okay, let's get into that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, long story short, bro, like, if you don't have a label backing and you don't have a budget, um, you realize how 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 expensive it is to um, to be a functioning artist, you know? Yeah. You want quality stuff that costs money. So, after I put out, like, my first tape, and I'm like, okay, I need a music video... And I hollered at some videographers based out of here, Miami, like how much they would charge to do a video for me. And the the money that they charged, even though it was like pennies compared to what a major label pays for a video. Yeah. It was way more than what I could afford. Yeah. And then I just did some math. I'm like, what you what he's charging me for a video, I can just buy a camera with it. Okay. And I didn't like the idea of like not being able to afford a music video. So Damn, if, if that's one video, I got to put out a music video every couple months. That's way too much out of my budget. Yeah. So I was like, man, I'm just going to get my own camera and maybe I can film myself. 
which is true, but it's also not true because you need someone to hold the camera and you need someone that knows what they're doing. Yeah. Um, for the to camera capture settings. what it is that you're looking for. Yeah, you're not just paying for the camera, bro. You're paying for the craft, mm. you know? But that wasn't what I was thinking at then. I was just thinking I was being finessed mm. by some guys that, yeah. that probably didn't even believe in me. They just wanted to get some money out of me and just pump out a video and, and that's it, right? Yeah. But that's the way I, I, I don't agree with that thinking so much now as I did back then. Um, but yeah, I, I ended up getting my own camera and then I had to go on YouTube and look at all the tutorials okay. and... It's so funny. I've spent so much more money on camera gear than I ever did on music gear. Wow. You know? Wow. Music gear is your mic, your 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 studio setup, and maybe some plugins, and like that's it, right? But with camera gear, you need the camera, at least one camera, at least one or two lenses, the lights, this and that. It's just so much more that goes into the visual side of things. Yeah. That uh. Man, it's like I look back at how much I've spent on camera gear just to be able to create uh good videos. And even then those videos were mad DIY. Yeah. Like every every shot was shaky. Okay. Some shots weren't even in focus. The color grading was uh all over the place. But we made it work, you know, like yeah. you justify uh you justify uh bad work with make with calling it artsy. Mm. You know, <laughs> well, a lot of people were doing that too. At the at the same time, there was people who had budgets that were they're putting out these videos that they wanted to make them seem real, um, like down to earth, real low budget, trying to kind of encapsulate or go along with the the product that they were putting out on that song or whatnot. Yeah. So there was some people that like like yourself that just out of you know the situation, the necessity, that's what it was coming out. And then there was people who wanted to capture that same feeling. So it did. I think there was times where successfully there was a marriage between. You know, some people could have said, "Oh no, it's artsy," but it's actually no. If the way it came out was the way it was supposed to be, yeah. even though you would have, you know, preferred a little more, like you said, the lighting to be better. But I think that what people liked so much about it was that I had the balls to do it. Yeah, that's that goes what, a long way. That's what people, I believe, because like you know, you look back on it, and it's like it's not even that crazy, but the fact that I was so confident mm. in doing it sold it to yeah. the people, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because, man, after a while, I was like, okay, I came out with like three or four music videos for my first uh, couple original EPs. Okay. But, but I also did some more creative things that no one else was doing um, at that time, at least on my side of this, of uh, no one in Miami for sure. And I don't really think anyone in underground hip-hop at the time was doing it either uh, that I wasn't aware of where like, man, I put out my, on my second EP a short film. You know, mm, yeah, yeah, it's a short film called Twelve Two Twelve. Now, mind you, it's not good. You know, <laughs> like it's it's tr it's okay. Yeah, but let's be real. You know, like yeah. things people have progressed noticeably a lot more now since back in two thousand twelve. Yeah, but um, bro, who was doing that? Yeah, no one was putting out a short yeah. film with their e with in with the, the EP, EP. You know, yeah. so you got music videos and a short film. And then I was like, man, you know, um. And now it's the thing. Now everybody does it. Now from Boogie, yeah. Nas did it on the la on the, the album he did with Kanye. Right. Like it's it's really. Um, I think Tierra Wack has one too. Yeah, it's uh, a, yeah. like people have definitely embraced more like uh, uh, short films and the sh documentary series and all that. Not not just now, but it's been a little while now. But back in 2012, only major label artists were even playing around with the idea of doing that. Yeah. You know, Kanye West had Runaway. Yeah, you know, Runaway yeah. was a 30-minute film. Yeah. 
before My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. And before him, 50 Cent came out with uh, The Massacre had... Uh, every song had a music video. You remember yeah. that? Mm-hmm. So he's like the the only one that I can think of that yeah. went as far as to do something like that, right? Yeah. So like after uh, that short film, I had, I had came out with my first album, which is Around Midnight. And then after that album... Um, I came out with this videotape, which was five songs, okay. only available on YouTube, and every song had a vi- had a video, but it's like all in one video, you know? Right. Is that the Let Me Think? Let Me Think is another videotape okay. that came way later, but, okay, okay. I, but I'm saying I started to kind of really uh, put my music to more visuals yeah. in, in unconventional ways, yeah. instead of just the standard... One music video, one vlog, mm-hmm. one behind the scenes video, and that's the campaign. That's it, yeah, you know, and just so. just take my word on the rest of the pro- <laughs> take my word on the rest of the uh, the product that I'm putting out. You're gonna want to get this instead of actually putting visuals to everything where people are like, oh yeah, no, and then it kind of grows the the fan base. Yeah, because you know, man, like like um, you you're sitting. I'm not, it's not just because I had the gear, but you have to have the courage to. Uh, to do different things, bro, that n- people are going to clown you for. Mm. People might steal your ideas, which yep. that's happened to me a good amount throughout my career. Yeah. Um, where people, ha- uh, you know, took what I was doing and did a more polished version of it. Yeah. So I found myself being like a prototype, if you will. Okay. Of like unconventional forms of media to support your music. Yeah. You know? Um, not to say that I was the first ever, but... The first on my scale that was willing to do it. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. And that's, okay, you, you brought up the podcast, right? Like, um, you know, man, like, with the video gear that I had invested in, right? Yeah. Um, shout out to DJ EFN. And I've told the story a couple times, but long story short, like, I had hollered at him. I was like, yo, I got this gear. Uh, do you need an extra cameraman? You know? Which... This is on the, the set of Drink Champs. On the set of Drink Champs, okay. right. Because this is the thing, right? Like, you know the movie Rocky? Yeah. Where, like, he tells Mickey that he'll sweep the floors just mm. so he can be around it? Mm-hmm. To me, mm-hmm. sweeping the floors is holding the camera. Mm. And the gym is hip-hop, okay. you know? Yeah. So, you got EFN, who has been a solid dude um, all the years that I've known him. But I didn't really get down with EFN until... Until Drink Champs. Uh, prior to that, I would just see him at some event here yeah. with uh, with Mayday or Recognize or Garcia. Yeah. Right? But And he's always been cordial, but we never really built on anything, right? Okay. It wasn't up until Drink Champs that I was like, yo, listen, I can provide some type of value to you in exchange for letting me get down, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, yeah, come through. So I started to... Like, the first episode that I filmed for them was the Snoop Dogg episode. Wow. Okay. You know? So imagine okay. that was like my first taste of like... Of a classic hip hop, yeah, being in the room of something classic, you know, mm. and but I saw the way that they were doing it. Like Hazardous Sounds would show up, right? Shout out to Hazardous Sounds. He'll show up with like a big duffel bag uh, on wheels, and in it was the preamp, the mics, the cables, the headphones, everything, all the equipment, and they'll like set up on whatever table was in the room, you know. I remember in that in, in that uh, Snoop Dogg episode, they had it was a hotel room. You know, okay. so they had to move shit all over the place <laughs> to kind of create the set, you know. Wow. And um, but I saw the way that they were doing it and I really soaked, um, soaked all that in, you know. Yeah. They'll set up everything. They'll set up the, the lights, all the bottles, the banner in the back, 
uh, and just wait for yeah. Snoop to show up. Yeah. And then, you know, Snoop was taking a long-ass time, too. He was, like, taking mad long. And it was really quiet. And um, EFN was like, damn, what's up? Y'all got to say something. But it got to the point where <laughs> it got to the point where they were so tired of waiting that they just stood there quiet waiting for Snoop. So I went into my book bag and I brought out my Beats pill okay. that I would always carry with, carry with me. Yeah. And I synced it up and I went on Pandora and I put I went on a Snoop Dogg radio station. Okay. And they started to play all these West Coast tracks. Yeah. And it just started to kind of, you know, set the create, tone yeah. for the, you know. Create the mode for the... Create the mode for Snoop, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, And man, it kind of, everyone started to feel a little better. People started joking and laughing again. Yeah. And, um... Man, you know, I saw what it was like to set up a podcast. Mm. So, like, 15 episodes later, I was like, bro, you know, um, I had gotten arrested, right? Okay. Um, which is... Uh, which you speak about a little bit. You touched a little bit on episode 40. For yes. those who want to check out the Media Your podcast and get a little bit of it. Soon. Yeah. yeah. Long story short, which is... Uh, I'm not going to get into that because I don't want to do it. I don't want to do the injustice of, like, just... Not telling the story correctly, you know? understood. But um, long story short, I stopped working with EFN. Okay. Um, but he's still the homie. Yeah. yeah. You know, but I stopped working with Drink Champs for a couple reasons, and because I had some real life stuff that I had to deal with. Yeah. And when I came out of prison, right? Mm-hmm. And I came back to Miami. Um, I noticed how people that were my friends. People got their people have they they have their own lives, yeah. you know, and um, I would like you know imagine you come back from prison, you come back to your hometown, because I had the uh, I had to do a, a little bit of time in Missouri, okay. and um, you come back and you're just like mad lonely because mm. all your homies are doing their own thing, yeah. whatever. I was working an overnight shift at a hotel, so I didn't really have much of a window to kick it with people. Yeah. And I started to reflect on, like, damn, you know, bro, like, over the years, the Miami hip-hop scene had uh, dispersed, yeah. you know? And it's not it's not no one's fault specifically, but people get older, yeah. they get families, they jumpstart their careers because their music wasn't working out. Yeah, yeah. So, like, less and less people would come to these hip-hop jams, or, like, new people would come that weren't in the same alumni as the crew you were kicking it with. The class you came up with, yeah. You know? So that's why, like, for example, guys like the Vice City Cypher, H2O and Charlie Fast, they made it a point to string together older heads mm. with the newer heads, yeah. right? Um, and really create this sense of, like, history. Because H2O is like an encyclopedia of Miami hip-hop. Okay. So whenever he'll, like, throw in events, he'll, like, try to archive as much information as he could. So that one day we can look back on it whenever you chop it up with them. Yeah. And um, I was like, you know what, man? Like, the Miami hip-hop scene that I grew up in, no one's really talking about it no more. But everyone's still here on yeah. fa on Facebook, you know? Okay, okay. So I was like, bro, you know what? No one's really talking about it no more. And also, I'm putting out all this music, and I don't have a publicist. And publicists get you interviews, like how, mm. we're, how we're doing right now. Okay. So, like, how are people supposed to get to know me? If I don't have any platforms that I could tell people about myself or, yeah. the, or the project. So it made sense for me to um, like combine the two. Like, you know okay. what? I'm going to make a fucking podcast, bro. Nice. I'm going to make a podcast where people can get to know me as a person as well as people that I rock with. 
So I'm thinking, who can I have on the podcast? And the only people that I know are in the hip-hop community anyway okay. that I would feel comfortable having a long format conversation with, right? Mm -hmm. That we can both contribute to. So I had on my boy Rev, right? Okay. He was episode one. And we would just talk about what we always talk about, which yeah, is yeah. he's an MC, I'm an MC, we're both trying to make it. We, let's talk about that. Yeah. And then the second episode was um, my man Ghost, who he's also an MC but an engineer, and a producer, and we, we start talking about that. Yeah. And these hip-hop events, it started to become conversations about up-and-coming Miami hip-hop people yeah. that don't have a platform to talk about that. Mm. So the so the Made That Noche podcast evolved into talking about up-and-coming Miami hip-hop, which is what the scene was about anyway. Yeah. And you start having cats like the Serums and the uh, Orions mm. and just people that were present from way back in the day. Yeah. And we started talking about these old memories, mm -hmm. these old MC battles and legendary <laughs> moments. And like this guy did a, a head spin for 45 seconds straight and this and this and that, that people forgot about, yeah. you know? And it started to reignite these old memories that people had long crumbled up that paper and put it in the back of their filing cabinet. Yeah, yeah. You know? And, um... I started to notice how through the sharing of these episodes, people were starting to kind of reconnect. Mm. You know, yeah, yeah. It's like tightening up the the uh, the scene a little bit, if yeah. you will. And I thought it was really dope, man. Like, nice. It kind of was training for me okay. to how to talk in an interview because okay. Jay Z has this one line where he goes, he goes, and my interviews are hotter. You know. Okay. Yeah. And I, I always wanted my interviews to be dope. Yeah. Because back in 2012, my interviews were mad too cool for school, you know? Okay. Like, very bland and mundane and uh, just boring to sit there and listen to me talk about nothing interesting, you know? Yeah. Man, you know what? I'm going to say some crazy shit. That's still true, <laughs> yeah. but much more entertaining to sit there yeah, and listen to. Yeah, a little more to. captivating. Yes. Yeah, thank you. you're drawing people in. Yeah. And then come to find out other people... Um, in South Florida, they have crazy stories, bro. People, I'll be out here living crazy lives, bro. Yeah. Especially the graffiti scene. My God. Yeah. That's like, to me, that's like the craziest element of hip hop to hear stories of. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I hear you. So, I hear you. So, dope, yeah, man. Dope. So, being that you got the Media Noche podcast jumping off, you got the music going on, you're doing videos, um, I think we've covered everything. I think we've covered everything. Um, we have a whole segment dedicated to music. We're going to get into your music. We're going to talk everything from uh, around midnight up until most recently it was uh, Buena Gente. And then you have a couple of loose joints here and there that are still as strong. Uh, we're definitely going to get into that. Thank you for sitting down and telling your story, man. This is this is really dope, man. Um, and it's it's like you said, we're it's bringing the podcasts are bringing a community that existed once and is still out there, like kind of fraction it's fractioned off. But it doesn't take much for when you start sharing these stories, you'll kind of round them back up. Yeah. And then you know it's a good thing to hear that. Like I think the uh, Vice City has a has a radio show. I think they have a little radio yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. H two O started doing that. <clears throat> um, I know the the boys down in Kendall. They got the um, a human sushi. Human sushi. Yeah, shout out to so, Shadi. So that's yep. that's that's dope, man. It's, and and it and learning about your podcast about human sushi, so on and so forth. Um, it kind of 
it kind of brought me into listening to podcast like homegrown podcasts. Yeah. Because you know when I first started it was you know Combat Jack, it was um, Brilliant Idiots, which is still is Brilliant Idiots. Um, R.I.P. Combat Jack. Um, you know it was uh, Juan Epstein. So I was going everywhere else. You know when I first started getting listening to podcasts, and then once I started doing my own, and then realizing that Orion's doing one, um, Human Sushi got one, and I was like, bro, there's a lot right here. Yeah, it's like a lot of good stuff right here. So let's support, let's grow this, let's grow this scene. So I'm, you know, it's it's a pleasure to be a co, uh, a fellow podcaster, no man, along with Art Morera. So um, y'all heads, y'all got a lot, y'all got a lot, and uh, and I'm sure that's just the surface. But we have three more segments to go, so y'all stick around. It's Bruce Beats and Easter Podcast. Old Head Ed, if I didn't say that already, AKA Ed, and I got Art Morera in the house with me. Yeah, too much to drink. Shine without flossing that bling bling at the pub with the buds. Picture of Yingling. Bruce Beats and Easter Podcast. Yes, yes. We're in the second segment. Art's still here with me. Um, this is the segment which we've uh, dubbed the Bruce segment of the podcast. Uh, this is where my guest has the pleasure of sampling four different beers which I provide for them. Um, they'll taste the beer, they'll give me their thoughts. Uh, down the end, down the way, we'll get into like a ranking system. But between there, we'll have conversation. We'll talk about, you know, earliest beer memories, uh, what kind of beer they drink nowadays. So um, with the and then at the same time, I'll give a couple fun facts about each one of the beers that the guest is trying. So Art, uh, you're a beer guy. Uh, yes, I am. Okay, what do you find yourself drinking normally? Beer. <laughs> yes <laughs> Success I knew I was in the right place No, nah, no. Nah, I actually I like India Pale Ales bro Okay Yeah Okay I, I like uh, I like IPAs But I'm not gonna turn down Whatever beer someone passes to me Okay You know It just depends If I'm uh, If I'm uh, In North California I'm definitely drinking IPAs Okay And lagers More like the thicker beers If I'm down here in sunny Florida I want something that's gonna cool me down more Like uh a Corona or a okay. Heineken or some water, something on the lines along the lines of a lager or a Pilsner is a little lighter. Yeah, did yeah. I say lager before for the North? Uh, the no, you, said, you the, said stout. Did you say lager? I think I said lager. I meant you, to say like you know like, like the a, brown beer, like a you know? stout. Yeah, yeah, like a stout or a brown ale. Yeah, cool, yeah. cool. Well, we got a little bit of everything here. Um, <clears throat> I had to pull one audible. Uh, there was an incident with one of my beers that I had originally had um, for you prepped. And somehow that disappeared, so I switched it out with another one. There's not going to be as much information on that one, but we'll get through it. Podcast is made to improvise. There's really no rules. And I always tell my guests, no sponsorships, no rules. You can take a sip of it. You can finish it if you really like it. You can leave it there if you don't. Um, what matters is your opinion on them yeah. and, uh, and where it takes you, you know, kind of like where it takes you. And then the, the, story, the stories we have to share. So with that, let's get into our first beer. And our first beer is from the Big Storm Brewing Company. It's their Wave Maker. It's an amber ale. It clocks in at 4.9% and is brewed in Tampa, Florida. Whenever you're ready, sir. That's that is right. the one on, yes, the one on your left. We're going from your left to your right. Okay, great. So, here we go. Yes, sir. Cheers. Oh, oh salute. Yeah. Oh. Um, it's good. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, next one. No. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he puts it back in the flight. <laughs> puts it right back. <laughs> oh man, no, it's good. It has an interesting taste to it, man. Okay, let's see. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Okay, okay, good. we're going from good to like. Nice. Yeah. Okay. That's what's up, man. Dope, dope. Thank you. 
Um, I'm not sure what how to explain why I like it because I'm not a. You know those guys that they smell the glass and they like sw- swivel it yeah. around. Yeah. And, yeah, and they'll tell you about aromas and and yeah. the type of hops. Oh, I'm getting a uh, mosaic hop in here, and uh, yeah, yeah, we're not that. Yeah, like me, tr- <laughs> me try to fit in. Me trying to fit in with that conversation would be like, hmm, it tastes. Like beer, like beer. and uh, beer. I like it. And I'm getting a hint of. Uh, anybody else get the hint of beer in this? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, very beery, <laughs> beery, beery. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd buy it. I'd be like, yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's good, man. With like that, um, earliest beer memories. Uh, earliest beer memories. Um, Maybe the the first time you tried one, the first time you actually enjoyed one. I, I know want, that's two different things yeah. for most people. No, I got you. I got you because. <clears throat> When you sneak a beer at a party before you're 21, you're not you're not really enjoying it. You're yeah. uh, you're getting away with it. Yeah, um, <laughs> That's excellent. But, excellent. Yeah, like the first beer memory that I have, the earliest one that I have has got to be maybe with my dad, bro. Okay, you know, my dad sat me down and it's like, you know, here try this. This is beer. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. Let me tell you about my friend beer. Yeah, and uh, and I remember being like, oh, this is. It, I liked the flavor of it. Yeah, but. I did not know what being uh, buzzed was like, you know? Okay. And it wasn't until later that I found myself kind of goofing off a little bit. Mm. Come to find out that was, you know, from sharing a couple of brews with my dad, you know? Okay. okay. Um, and it reminded me a lot of my childhood. I don't know why. I think it was probably because of all these, uh, the whiskey on my teeth that we talked about earlier. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it brought back these... Deep hidden memories. Oh, this is you a, couldn't quite figure out where they came from. This is nostalgic in some way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is good, man. I like it, man. Dope, dope. Yeah, for sure. I can uh, see myself drinking this at the beach or something. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, that's cool too. I mean, situation. I know I've I've spoken spoken to people in the past, and they told me, yeah, there's beers like you said. Every situation, I can see I can see myself drinking it at this point, or I can see it. Or then you get the whole, I ain't never drinking this again. This is bad. But, um, really? Okay. Yeah, that's that's the first one there. Big Storm Brewing Company out of uh, Tampa. They've got like three locations on the west coast of Florida there. Cool. Um, I went to the one in um, Sweetwater, real nice spot. Big spot. Like, nice. Like very impressive brewery. Um, and that's where I, I came to know that one. Um, and I enjoyed it. I figured, let me see if somebody else enjoy this. So, cool. Let's yeah. get into that next one. Now, this is the curveball. This is the uh, 100 Years Beer, and I'm probably calling it the wrong name, but um, the last episode I had this beer on there, it was the lager version. This is the black or the dark version of the beer. Okay. Um, it's 100 years because the equipment they use to brew the beer has been around for 100 years. Oh, okay. Not okay. necessarily the contents of the, con- of the of the glass bottle. Gotcha. So, um that's what we got going on there. Whenever you're ready, give it a shot. You, you know, you know, you know what that reminds me of. Before I drink it, bro, mm-hmm. like you know, in the movie Meet the Fockers, okay, with uh, with Ben Stiller and Robert De Niro, yeah, and they meet Ben Stiller's parents, yeah, when they come down to Florida, yeah, and then his his Ben Stiller's dad in that movie is cooking something with a with a cast iron skillet, okay, and then Robert De Niro he pinches some of his food with a fork. He's about to eat it, and then Ben Stiller's dad goes this. Skillet has been in my family for 50 years. Never watched it. You know? <laughs> he just looks at the food like, yeah. man, I'm not going to eat this, you know? <laughs> so you're saying, like, this is 100 years. Like, they've never watched what they make the yeah, beer with. Right. Yeah. And, that, and you know what? It's funny you bring that up because as someone who is, still has a homebrew kit at the house that I haven't even gotten into, I mean, I kind of read the instructions. I kind of skimmed through the pamphlet. Mm. 
uh, sanitation and cleanliness when it comes to brewing beer is key. Mm. It's like that's that's the only reason why I haven't cracked it open and done it yet because I'm like, damn, I'm gonna have to do a lot of cleaning. Like everything has to be pristine because it does have an effect on the beer. The beer could go from being drinkable to like throw it out. Right. If you don't keep everything clean, so right. I realize it's gonna take a lot more focus and attention than I thought. And I, I so I'm like. Trying to prepare myself for one weekend where I could sit down and actually work on it. You just like put the manual down, get in your car and go to the gas station and bring back some Sam Adams. That's it. That's <laughs> just, it. You're... Problem solved. All right, bro. Problem solved. <laughs> the thirst that I have right now is resolved. <laughs> exactly. Okay, yeah. Let's try this. Go bro. ahead. This Give that the... one a go. All right. This is the sure. hundred years beer. I like I like brown beers. Okay. Um. Okay. More than the yellowy beers, you know. Yeah. Um. For some reason, I was so I'm I'm looking forward to what this tastes like. Okay, because. cool. Well, this one has an alcohol percentage of five point five. Yeah. Um. What else? What else? What else? Uh, it's imported through Los Angeles. Hmm. Very limited on the facts on this, but it's all good. Like you know what I like about this beer, man. Like it, it reminds me of. Um, so when I was in North California, we would drink thicker beers like kind of like this mm-hmm. around like the campfire. Okay. We would be. In, in the mountains and like the woods in the mountains. Yeah, yeah. Like where it gets mad cold. Yeah. And, and we would gather around the campfire and like, you know, kick it there. This would be the type of beer that would usually be, you know. The go to, the, the right one, the right selection for that yeah, situation. They're very fitting. Okay. You know, woodland. Yeah. Uh, scenic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this reminds me of Sharing you know? stories, sitting there trying to stay warm. Mm-hmm. So, actually, this is pretty good. This is the first time I try it. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. And it's not too far from a Malta, which... I most, love Malta. Hispanics grow up. Facts. Yeah, so it's not too far from there. No, it's not. As far as taste and, and the, the consistency, yeah. it's actually really good. Yeah, I like it's it, really man. good. I also like the branding of the bottle, too. It has, like... What is that, like Japanese or something? Yeah, it's Japanese. Yeah, that's so dope, it's, man. It's I'll, got Japanese writing on it. I actually found it at a sushi spot. Um, mm. I, I, I told my peoples when I bought it, I was like... I think I have a problem because all I went, all I did was go out to get sushi. Yeah. And I come back with two bottles of beer just because I saw them in the, in the uh, cooler there mm-hmm. and I had never seen them before. They had a couple other bottles there. I'm like, I'm familiar with the Kieran and so on and so forth. I'm, yeah. like, I, I'm like, what are those? You know, what are those two? And the lady's like, oh, those are this and this and that. And I was like, that was a horrible Asian imitation there on behalf of me. But oh, it's okay. The lady was like. She sounds like a nice lady. <laughs> Was sweetheart, sweetheart. So she she points them out, and I said, "Yeah, I'll take both of them." You know, they had two different kinds. I'm yeah. like, "I'll take both of them." And I walk out of there, and I was like, "Man, I spent thirteen bucks on two beers just because I have a problem." Yeah, yeah I hear I'm you. Try these beers. Um, and, and you said that it's based out of Los Angeles, right? It's imported through. So oh, it's imported. Japan, oh, I got you. I got you. It's imported yeah. through Los Angeles because that's closer to Japan than Correct. we are. Correct. Correct. I understand. Excellent. Yeah, man. Like, uh, like my favorite beer, which is Little Something from uh, Lagunitas I mean, IPA. Okay. Like they're based out of Petaluma. Okay. Right. And Petaluma is kind of like in North California. So what's funny is, is that, you know, you go to the gas station here and you'll have your typical Coronas, uh, Heineken, Bud Light, Miller Bud Light, Light, Miller Light, right? Coors even. And then uh, maybe like uh, what do you call uh, what do you call the ones say like red, white, and blue? Uh, Damn. Um, the Pabst? The Pabst Blue Ribbon, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And that's like the usual suspects in beers here, right? Yeah. Over there in North California, every Chevron gas station and Shell gas station has this like beer cooler that has beers that you've never seen before because the all the local breweries there, mm. they like distribute them through the, the immediate area, right? Excellent. 
So we would always come up on like these rarities, bro, that like, there was this one beer that I had. It kind of reminded me of this one, the 100-year-old okay. one right now. Um, it's a chili beer. Really? So it's like a spicy beer. Okay, okay. That I remember I was on shrooms hmm. and uh, I had drank this beer on shrooms in the woods and just <laughs> just like, it was such a shock to my system Yeah. that I was like, mind you, I'm on shrooms, right? Yeah. So I'm like, who the hell would make this? You know? <laughs> like, and, and, and you try to like clean, cleanse the palate with uh, some water or something and it just, nothing helped. But then after a while, you kind of like you are you know what it tastes like, so you can anticipate the spice. Mm, yeah, and we ended up drinking like three bottles each. Wow! And it's in a way, it kind of helped you sweat out, you know. Really? So, <laughs> so but, it served its purpose there without without you guys even intending on it having that effect, and it did. Yeah, you know, we got a little bit of mushrooms, a little bit of peppers, like you know, yeah, a little, little yes. saute campfire. <laughs> yes. Yeah, why not, know? man? So, Man, this is kind of reminding me. You guys me. went vegan all of a sudden between the yeah, mushrooms and the peppers. You didn't even realize we, it. We were in the elements. There you go. I was in a big sauteing pan out there. <laughs> Excellent. You mentioned cleanse the palate. I I I failed last couple of podcasts. Last last couple of episodes, I failed to bring out the pretzels. This time, I I succeeded. I I my new strategy is to bring out the bag at the very beginning, make the guest aware of it so that I don't forget them. So you do have the pretzels if you want to go to the pretzels, just to break up the uh, the taste, um, start the palate all over again yeah, before yeah. you get into the next. That's up to you. Let's do that. You're more than welcome to. Um, and then we'll get into this next beer. This Word. next one, actually, I've never had either. I'm gonna pour myself a little bit. This is Terrapin Beer Companies. So fresh and so green, green, and I have to say it like that because it's, it's actually, you know, it's actually Outcast. It's not Outcast beer, but it's brewed in Georgia, and they went ahead and paid homage to. Um, I love hip hop, hip hop terminology in oh, products. Yes, it's you know, dope. If they I, if they do it right, yeah. I'm, like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna spend my money on that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's habit. It's it's, you know, we 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 come from a place where we've you know dedicated so much to. Like you said, the, uh, the, the culture of it, um, and like the original culture, not how they use the word culture nowadays, but so it's it's easy to be drawn it's to funny. something where it brings you back to hip-hop. What do, what, what do you mean by that, like how they, how they use culture nowadays? Because I have a similar sentiment of that. Okay, um, from what I understand, and I'm, there's a reason why I'm old head ed, because there is a disconnect between me and the youth, really. Um, we don't share the same... The, the same you know, like, there's no similarities. I'm not. I'm not young at all by any means. I feel young, but um, and I we don't have the similar taste in music. So, uh, from what I hear, just listening through, like either catching clips on social media or listening to other podcasts, um, a lot of times they use the term for like do it for their culture. It, it's kind of a way for someone to persuade you to do something that you're not really 100 percent sold on. Okay. Which when we when I was coming up, and I'm sure. I imagine it filtered through into the late two thousand, late nineties, early two thousands. It's like you did it for the culture, man. That like you did it for the love of hip hop. Like it had a connection to the culture of hip hop, as opposed to nowadays, culture is a blanket statement. That's that's what I get from it. I'm like it's like a blanket statement. It's like, oh come on, man, do it for the culture. No, but there's really what like it's not. There's a disconnect between that culture and the culture that we've come to know, that we've come to appreciate. Yeah, it's like, oh, tell me about this culture. Yeah, that you want me to do it for. Yeah, and they like, can't. They can't give you a they concrete They probably answer. won't be able to tell you. I hear a lot of do it for the culture in battle rap, like okay. in URL and King of the Dot. Okay. Oh, like battle rap culture. 
which mm. is like a subgenre of rap rap music. Correct. There's no music. It's just rapping. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're like, yeah, do it for the culture. But I interpret that as like help make this lucrative. Yes. You know, without ex- without expecting any uh, immediate compensation. Yeah. 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 Like be, in, invest in invest in what I have going on here. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. That's and that's and you got a lot of that back in the day too. It's like. Cats were like, yo, I'm, I'm doing this show. Can you come on? Oh, am I getting paid? Nah, but just do it for the culture. You know? Yeah. And that was that was like the, the, the term I'm familiar with as opposed to nowadays where it's like it doesn't have to do anything with music. It doesn't have to do anything with, you know, along the lines of, you know, performing, being creative or whatnot. It's just somebody's like, oh, come on, do it for the culture. Yeah, like do it so that you can be part of the story when it's finally making money later on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, hey, I'm wrong. If if I'm wrong on the whole way that it's being used nowadays, I'm I'm willing to accept that I'm wrong at it. Anybody correct me? Hit me up, DM me, Bruce Beats and Eats at Gmail. Keep up with me there. <laughs> you know the deal. I'm I'm always open to uh, constructive criticism or just people putting me on to knowledge. Each one, teach one. We're big on this show. You should, so. you should come out with a beer and then on the cans that you said. Brewed for the culture. Brewed for the culture. Yeah. Brewed for the culture. That's, That's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad. Hmm. All right, well, look, I'm writing that down. Well, let me try this here. Bro. Let's get into that so third, uh, the so third green, one. Yes, green. sir. All right. See, this. you know what this tastes like? It tastes like a... Like... Kind of like a Sam Adams, right? Okay. No, it tastes like, it tastes like beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're no. back to that. Somehow, we find ourselves in a place where this one t- tastes like beer, too. Yeah, man. Uh, That's actually know. an American IPA. It clocks in at a 6.6% ABV. And like okay. I mentioned earlier, it's out of Georgia. Mm. I like it. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I, I figured it'd be a little closer to your wheelhouse because of the fact that it's an IPA. But it's also a Pills. It's a fresh hop Pills. Mm. So I don't know if it's a hybrid thing. I mean, I remember when, when people were trying to like sell me like different strains of weed. Okay. And they'll let you like take one hit. And all the while, you're like, oh, so what's up with this one? As if you're interested in the difference of that one versus the other ones, but you're just trying to smoke more weed. <laughs> it's, it's like the samples at the mall. You're it's like, like huh, oh, I like I, this. I like this one. Oh, what about that one? What about, yeah, what hmm. about that one? I'm still a little, little bit hungry. <laughs> I'm on the so. fence about that one. Can I try that one again? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you have some, uh, you have like a little cracker or something I can put it on? <laughs> yeah. End up having a full meal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's funny, man. I like it, bro. It's cool. Okay. I like uh, the second one. This one, I, I would say, even though I like IPAs more, uh, I like IPAs the most. Yeah. I uh, I liked the first two more than this one. Okay. Okay. So I probably wouldn't buy this one if I had uh, the choice. Yeah. But I wouldn't turn it down if it was past me. I hear you. Yeah. Which is most, which is the case with most of my guests. Is like, hey, if it's <laughs> if it's what's available, I'll drink it. But if there's other options, that I won't start there. Because that's the thing, like, IPAs are, like, bitter. Yeah. You know? Have you ever read the article? Have you ever seen online that people say that uh, sociopaths drink IPAs? That that's, that's their choice of beer? Really? Yeah, you should Why, look that Why, because it's, like, up. self-punishment to themselves? Yeah. Like, really? Yeah. I gotta look that up. I never read that before. Yeah, it's that's like, interesting. Well, if, you, if you choose IPA over... Whatever, <laughs> over other types of beers, there's a chance that you're a sociopath. Wow. And I wow. I don't like it because I like IPA, IPAs, but I don't like but that's not, a sociopath. But that's no indication. That's no indication at all of who Art Marrera is. None at all. None at all. As far as we know. <laughs> as far as we know. As far as we're committing to tape. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, let's, uh, let's get into this last beer. 
This is uh this is home team. This is Jay Wakefield Brewings, Twenty Fourth Street. Okay. It's a brown ale, nice. uh, and it clocks in at a six point eight percent ABV. And it's like I said, Winwood. It's brewed in, brewed in Florida. Okay, so it's a local. It's is local. Correct. I like the the design on the can with this with the graffiti. It's pretty fresh. Yes. Yeah. Again, Winwood Twenty Fourth Street. I get it. Yes. That's dope. Yes. I like how like. In the writing, it has the ink dripping because mm. it kind of reminds me of like crink markers. Okay, you know, are you familiar with that? You know how they they tag on the wall with these like mops. Yeah, and it's like they there's really, no like, way of controlling because you hit it heavy on one and it just runs. It just down. starts dripping down and it makes it look even doper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Which dope. is crazy because when I mean, not that I ever came up in graffiti, but just watching movies and early on, that was the thing where it was like no drips. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. If you watch like a. Uh, was it Star Wars? I know there was early on one where they had uh, Lady Pink. Okay. She was kind of like uh, giving pointers to some cats that were, you know, those kids that were helping her put up something. Okay. And that was one of the things like, hey, no drips. Huh. And now it's become, it's like evolved into becoming like that's, at, you know, acceptable. That that adds a different whole, a different layer of um, artistry. Yeah. I wonder if the no drips was like to try to make you control how strong, like just... Yeah, to be, to be in control of your, yeah the spray of your strength yeah mm-hmm. yeah okay yeah that's dope I like that man I like how that's one thing about hip hop that I love bro like I had this conversation with someone the other day oh by the way this beer is good bro it is yeah. I, I tasted it for the first time and that's really good it's good it's uh yeah he, 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 uh there's this guy that I watch on YouTube that he lives in a van okay um and uh, he he's up in Washington it's Chad with living the van life and uh, shout out to Chad bro like he's he's like the OG of Sophisticated van dwelling, you know. Okay. Uh, he has a Westphalia van, and on the inside of it, it's all decked out to be like a nice. very small little apartment. Yeah. And um, it's like the tiny homes before the tiny homes. Facts. Like yeah. that's that's big on HGTV now. Them tiny homes. Yeah, but this is like on wheels. Like it's you, on wheels. You, you so. convert your van to a living space. Yeah. And uh, he'll whenever he gets a, uh, whenever he comes out with a video, it's because during the winter they get like a lot of heavy snow snow storms, and he'll get in his van and he'll drive. Into the storm on the mountain, and he'll like kick it there, like to wow. to, to weather the storm, right? Yeah. And um, he uses beers that are like of this color, like really dark brown beers, mm-hmm. to um, he'll like brew it on a Dutch oven. Okay. Right, and he'll use that to like, you know, to make different breads with or whatever. Mm. Like he's in the snowstorm cooking over a campfire in front of his van, using beer. As like uh, the catalyst to other things to yeah. create other wow yeah so that's something else man and this is dope it kind of reminds me of I would imagine he uses a beer like this to uh to do it okay yeah, this is dope man I like it nice mm. but we was talking about like how in hip hop bro like when you think about it all the four elements of hip hop help you um really elevate your capabilities like as a as a person like break dancing. Makes you physically stronger and mm. agile, you yeah. know. Uh, graffiti expands your like your um, artistic, your like you know your your, illust- your illustrative skills, but yeah. also helps you kind of like stay out of trouble because you don't yeah. get caught, you know. Yeah. And then rapping is a really good way to for your poetry, bro, for your linguistics, right? Yeah. And your musicality, but DJing, it's like. It teaches you to make something out of nothing because mm-hmm. you take an existing record, yeah. and you have to. That's all you have to work with to make something, another piece of music with an existing piece of music. Yeah, yeah. and how to be resourceful. It teaches you how to be resourceful. Yeah. So it's like 
I can appreciate how hip hop helps you like elevate your human experience. Um, it's just be like a better functioning person, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, yeah. So like when I see, I, I know that I'm. It sounds like I'm I'm delving into it too much, but when I see like this this uh, brand of beer with Twenty Fourth Street, and it just has some tagging to me. What I see that is like entrepreneurship, bro. Like hip hop heads that, yeah, you know, that yeah. just wanted to become entrepreneurs with like, and it's showing their influences, and quite possibly they use these four elements to get them to for them to get to where they are now. Yeah, and it's kind of like a paying homage. Um, I know for a while, you know, a lot. It was you know early '90s, mid '90s. It was it was not a commercialism. You know, like stay away from commercialism. EPMD had you know keep the crossover. Like, nah, we're not going commercial. And there was a lot of that, like, you know, the big brands, Pepsi, as soon as Pepsi and Coke started incorporating, it's like, ah, they've, you know, they've gone commercial. Now they're adding hip hop to sell a product. Um, But with some of these craft beers and what I'm sure that hip hop has been a major influence in them getting to where they are. Like you said, it has some somehow has touched their life. And it's them just kind of giving back to the cultures. I mean, mean, how do you feel about hip hop now? Like hip hop now, it's because you're because you're old head Ed. Yes. Um, you know, yeah, hip hop now to me, um, it's it's probably in the best place ever. You think so? Cause, and I only say that because there's um, there's something for everybody. Okay. There's something for everybody. It's just about it's just about just about how much you're willing to dedicate into finding it. Um, I could sit here and talk about how horrible radio play is, but then again, there was a time where I felt that everything on the radio was like us oh, is bad, but. Um, we look back on it now, and they're playing but, classics. They're classics. Yeah. Um, so nowadays, it's like I realize that this music is not made for me. Back then, um, if you didn't like what was on the radio, then you probably weren't going to hear much more after that. You, you know, there was very uh, few places you can go to after that to find good music. Now with the internet, I don't. I don't listen to the radio. I haven't listened to it for in years. Um, but I still, I still find the things that I'm interested. I still find. You know, ten years ago, eleven years ago, Little Brother, um, Odyssey, um, Homeboy Sandman. Um, th- it's out there if you yeah. find it. If you if you plug in, if you tune into certain outlets on the on the internet, that's why I say that there is there. I think it's in the best place ever because there's something for everybody. Yo, Homeboy Sandman. Shout out to Homeboy Sandman. Yes, bro. like I chopped it up with him. Really? Uh, Hopefully, future guests. Yeah, man. Homeboy Sandman is dope. Um, I, he he spit this radio freestyle that one of the lines that he said was so dope to me. He goes, he goes, oh, uh, I used to be, I used to be a, I used to be a sideshow act for the circus. My talent was drawing freehand circles. You know, <laughs> yeah. He, I used to be. I, 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 mind you, I'm butchering the way he said it. Yeah, he yeah, goes, yeah. Something like I used to be. I used to be an act on the sideshow of the circus. My talent was drawing freehand circles. circles. Three rings. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, it's like, he's, I, I, I like his style a lot, man. Shout out yeah, to Homeboy Definitely. Sandman. I, um, I seen him, I seen him perform, um, down here in Fort Lauderdale years ago. For Aesop Rock? Uh, oh, okay. That's, that makes it twice. Yes. I went to that show. And then once before that, uh, he was opening for Brother Ali. Oh, okay. Um, and I, I caught him both times. Dope dude. I mean, I've been a fan of him ever since, um, I heard him spit on um. What was the song that I heard online? It was on, on, on uh, Not Right. It was um. But I could rhyme though. 
and, uh, and once I saw that video clip and I was like, oh, I gotta look into this, which brings me back to my the point in answering the question you um, asked me was that, yeah, man, there is stuff out there. Like right now, there's there's different avenues you can go down to find what it is that you're looking for. Yeah. You know, as opposed to the radio constantly feeding you. And all I hope is that one day, the youth of today kind of realizes that there is other music out there, that it's not just the radio. Um... That kind of made me, that kind of like jaded me when it came to the radio um, play early on um, was that I was like, why is the radio constantly playing this? But this song I hear, I heard from over here is as good, if not better than that one that they keep playing, but they don't put it on the radio. So I was like, I got to do this on my own. You know, I feel like the radio is uh, not a reliable narrator of like what's popping nowadays because like they're paid to put the songs on there that they pay to play, you know? Yeah. But also, like, you know, um, I feel like these kids, bro, like, these the, the younger crowd that's into, like, rapping right now, they don't want to be told what their generation is going to be identified as, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, like, the best way to kind of let them rock is just to, bro, just, you know, man, like, the more the more that you try to tell them what to do, they're going to do the opposite. Yeah. And, like, yeah. I, I was the same when I was a yeah. kid, man. Like, you tell me not to run, I'm going to run faster, you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, if you give them time, they will eventually... Um, realize how dope things were prior to... Bro, man, like, the first group that I was into was The Beatles, and that was in, like, the early 90s, you know? Yeah. So it's like, you know, over time, you start to gain appreciation for what was popping before you, but it's gonna be a lot harder for these, for, for like, younger uh, hip-hop, um, upcoming artists and all that to appreciate earlier hip-hop if they're being drilled with it all day. Correct. It's like, it's like having a yes. bad taste in your mouth, you know? Yeah. Met the man said it best. I think he said it in one line. He said, "The hard-headed have to feel it to believe it." Uh-huh. So you could tell somebody, "Hey, this is not gonna work out for you. You're gonna hit your head. You're gonna..." And it's, you could give them every warning. And we were all there at some point in time in our life where we we're like, "What are you talking about? You have no idea." It happens, and then you go, and then you probably still won't turn around and go, "Yeah, you know what? You're right." You just walk away, going, "Oh crap, they were right." But and then that that kind of like sends you in a different direction. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, man, I, I understand exactly what you feel. Let's get a quick one through four. I know you kind of touched on it a little bit, and then we'll get into the beats portion, and sure. we'll get delve deeper into this. So sure, yeah. Whenever you're ready. One through four, you mean like the top to the bottom? The top to bottom, yeah. Okay. The one that I like the most was the 100-year-old one. Okay. Right? Boom. That one I like the most. Uh, the, the one that I liked, uh, number two, would probably be uh, 24th Street. Okay. Right? Um, number three would probably be... Uh, the first one, this the big, big storm, storm, the wave maker. Okay, yeah, I like that a lot, man. Okay, um, and then the IPA here, the so fresh and so green, green. Uh, <laughs> it sounds funny saying it. <laughs> yeah. um, it's it wasn't. It's not. It's not that it, it was bad. It was just was the worst out of all these. I, uh, yeah, but worse is a harsh word. You know, it's still yeah. very good. It's, yeah, just well, someone got to be number four. And it's true, and that's it. Yeah, it's hey, cool, listen, man. I'm sure Outcast won't mind. I'm sure Terrapin won't mind. Nah, it's all good, bro. <laughs> it's all love. Art, you made it through. You tried the beers. You gave me your thoughts. You even gave me a rank from one through four. We've accomplished everything we can do on this side. There's nothing else left to do but get into the beats portion. Y'all stick around. Art Morera, beats is coming up soon. Rocking beats, beats, beats. Rocking beats, beats, beats. Bruce Beats and Eats, we're still here. We're still doing the damn thing. Uh, we've arrived at the beats portion. This is where we're going to discuss music. And what a better, there's not a better time to discuss music than an artist with, have, no, sitting down with an artist. Art, 
artist. That's pretty dope. Yeah, um, yeah. With an artist who yes, produces sir. dope music, mm-hmm. makes dope music. So let's get into arts music. Um, we talked a little bit about how you got into music to begin with. Yeah. Um, and now we, you find yourself actually putting together projects. Okay. Um, even putting down, even putting together videos to match these projects. I know we talked about the the, the advances in technology and YouTube being what it is. Uh, you coming up around the era where YouTube was just starting to pop and people were finding new ways to promote themselves or you know get the, their name out there, whether it was with music, whether it was just with being comedians or um, personalities. YouTube personalities started to develop. Sure. Um, and then you figured out, well, this is the best vehicle for me to promote my own with what I have. Um, I, I'm, I'm, it, you have a lot of material. So I'm trying to find like the best place to jump into it. Well, um, well, like to make it a little, um, just just to preface this, like, okay. like with my music, um, you could start. I believe that you can start at any of the projects, and that'll be a good starting point. Okay, you know, okay, like you don't have to, uh, you don't have to start at the beginning. Yeah, to get a full understanding of who I am. So if you start at Buena Gente, it's fine. If it's transit, if I live in a transit city, it's fine. You're not gonna miss a beat. It's not kind of like a movie where it's like if you if you jump in in part two, you might have missed something. Yeah, no, it's not because uh, I feel like uh, there's no ongoing uh, jokes or ongoing like yeah. cliffhanger yeah. things. You know, like you don't have to know what happened for me to get arrested to find out. That I got arrested on some song and how it had affected me or or a relationship that I was in or, you know, any, yeah. any one of my projects is a standalone piece of art. Not art, me art. I'm talking about like yeah. art, you know? Yes. Any project is a good standalone piece. Yeah. So. But it's also complementary to the yes. rest of it, but it doesn't have to all be like chronological or anything like that. So. Yeah, it's like a box of crayons, bro. Like you don't mm. need to know about orange to appreciate green, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Dope. Like, dope. But once you discover other colors, it, it adds context mm. to how dope each one is. Yes. You know? So and appreciation for yeah. it. Dope. So let, you know what? So let's start with Buena Gente. That's the one freshest on my mind. Um, not a lot, not just because of the quality of, of songs on there, but just the concept of it, which um, it could be missed what the concept is, but there is a concept, there is a, a thread yeah. that runs along the album, and it's it's called Buena Gente. It's a term used when you're referring in, his, you know, in Hispanic culture when you're referring to good people. It's a direct translation of good people, right? And it's like, oh, that dude, ese tipo de buena gente, that guy's good people. He's yeah. a good person, and that's what you brought along with you was real good people. I imagine people you consider that so eran buena gente, yeah. And you got features on there. Um, and, and what's pretty dope, it dawned on me on the second listen that the intro is sound bites from the podcast. It's dope. Yes. So I'll, I'll let you get into that. Yeah, man. Uh, well, I believe that there's um, there's like a divide in hip hop. That's It's always been this way where you have the good guys and the bad guys. Okay. Okay. And um, everyone that I invited onto my podcast are people that I wholeheartedly believe is a good person and fighting the good fight mm. in hip hop. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because you have the guys that are like more of a a cancerous mm. you know a detriment to it. Yes. Than mm. actual instead of an attribute. Yes, exactly. Um and mind you, I'm not trying to come off on a high horse at all. I don't even have a horse, you know? <laughs> but like 
it's more of like I'm trying to I'm trying to make it a point for people to understand that um there's good music on the good guy side as mm. well. Okay. Not everyone that's a good guy is like, you know, uh less talented at making rap music than the people that make great music but are always getting into some fuck shit. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So Buena Hinted to me was like, yo, look, these are the this there's a reason why these are the people that I rock with. Okay. You know? Okay. Everyone that's on that project and everyone that was on the podcast too. Like everyone that's on this project um is like vegetables versus okay. like candy. Alright. Okay. You know? Okay. Yeah. So that was pretty much the point. It's like, you know, from the serums, DJ EFN, Mowgli, Cloud Nine, like everyone uh on that project, if you delve into their uh, their catalog, their discography, and what they have going on, you'll realize that they're la- they're actually making like uh, music that's like I believe is like good for you. You know, okay. it's yeah. dope, but yeah. it's also like healthy. Okay, you know, not to sound because we all have like the darker side of our of ourselves, mm-hmm. which is fine because we're all just trying to figure it out. But for the most part, these are the good guys. Okay, you know, you have some anti heroes in there. Yeah. But, yeah, like, Buena Gente is, like, a testament to being, like, yo, we out here, uh, we're, like, we're definitely fighting the good fight, and, you know... This is our Avengers. This is our squad. This is who, this is who I call upon. Yeah. That's gonna help me get... Facts. Yeah, to where we're at, or, get, you know, get the, the idea of the mentality of, of fighting this good fight, and these are the guys that I want in my corner. This is my starting five, let's say, or whatnot. Sure, so, yeah. So, it, like, so, to me, that's what Buena Gente is. It's, like... These are the people that I believe are fighting the good fight and are contributing something worthwhile that's going to age well in hip-hop and in, like, you know, in Miami. Okay. So that that's what it was. Yeah. You know? And, uh, yes, everybody was on that podcast. And it was also kind of a way for me to, um, to demonstrate how good it is for people to come together. Mm, okay. You know? Cause, yeah. Because, again, for a while... Um, it, it wasn't even intentional, but for a while, like the hip hop community in South Florida, just kind of to disperse a little bit yeah. for whatever reason. Sometimes people like to blame it on how there's no support or how mm. everyone's whack yeah. or some yeah. shit. Yeah. But like, on the contrary, man, like you, you might, I might not even be a fan of some of the guys that are popping out of South Florida, but, um, if they in their own right are fighting the good fight, you have to kind of, um, Give them their flowers. Yeah, you know. I hear you. I hear you. But everyone that's on that's, that's on that project, I wholeheartedly rock with, and I enjoy Dope. I enjoy their music, um, which is kind of hard for me. I'm a harsh critic. Okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm a really it's, you it's, got strict guidelines. <laughs> I'm a fucking super harsh critic, bro. Okay. Like, sometimes it's like a curse for me, bro. Like I have a really hard time just enjoying someone else's raps, bro. I you know, you. I just I don't know why. I, you know, but um, yeah, bro, serum. Uh, Orion, Thousand, um, Spaz, who else? Uh, fucking Ghost. There was a couple of people that I wanted on there that we couldn't lock in on record, you know, mm, yeah. for whatever reason. But um, I'm hoping that that Buena Gente will serve as like a testament to community and to uh, um, just being the good guy, bro. So you know, so. I'd rather be the good guy than the bad guy, to be honest with you, man. Yes. Um, and you know what? You know what, man? Like since since then, uh, my man's uh, Draz, 
Yes. Are you with Jazz? Shouts to Jazz. Uh, Bruce Beats and these alumni. He was on here. He was. That's right. He was on here. My yeah. bad. Yeah, Actually, he was on here. It, it's fitting because your name came up on that episode. Really? That's your name came up, and then I was like, okay, and then he spoke highly of you. Cool, man. He pretty much labeled you. I could say the equivalent of what you're saying. A good guy. Yeah. Along with the uh, the ability that you have, he, he really went on about you know working with you, and and he was really impressed. So, um, so yeah, so that's actually I think that's the first time I heard your name. Yeah, was at that. Oh no 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 no. He was also involved with the first time I heard your name. That was actually the second time. The first time I heard your name was the first time I bumped into Draz in so many years. It was um. Um, the uh, Chronicles of the Third Born release party. And then they were like, I was talking, um, you know, and shouts to you, sweet Jesus. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> that sounds like a funny shout out. Shouts to Santo you, Jesus. Shouts to you, Jesus. Shouts to you, Jesus. Shouts to you, Inf. I need to get you on this show. Let's make this happen. Um, but of course, like any good friend, he's like, you know, he's introducing me to people. He's like, oh, he's got a podcast. He's got a podcast. And then someone said, "Oh yeah, yeah, Art has a podcast too." And then I was like, "I didn't know who Art was at the time." Yeah. And then that, but that was the first, like the first seed. And then later on on the line, which I was able to get the Draz episode happening because I bumped into him there. Mm. And then he also mentions your name there, like correlated. I was like, "Oh shit!" Just so. yeah, like Draz is a. Which by the way, I'm, I'm going to start saying that before, for a grace before I eat my food. I'm just going to stand over my food. and I'm going to say, <laughs> "Shouts to you, Jesus." <laughs> <laughs> Sweet Jesus, let's, shouts to you. Let's eat. Let's eat. <laughs> um, but um, but but Draz, like you know, he just came out with um, the menu. The menu which is like the, an instrumental tape. Yes. But I like I like what he's doing because he because he's a producer first, right? Mm-hmm. So he put out this instrumental tape, which is like an awesome beat tape, and then started to come out with the songs that the beats are belong to. Belong, yeah. After the beat tape came out. Yes. Which is awesome. Yeah. You know? I, I feel like that's such a creative way to yeah. uh, to bring people back to, uh, you know, the beat tape, man. Like, Draz is... But see, look, what Draz is doing is he put out this beat tape, and now he's kind of, like, recruiting heads that he rocks with to jump on. You know, it's kind of like uh, another type of compilation that exhibits uh, South Florida dope MCs that are, like, their music is good for you. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah. So, dope. So yeah, man. You know, like Buena Gente is a really good. I'm really proud of that project. Prior to that project, all my um, EPs and just uh, albums or whatever, like they would barely have features, man. I would have maybe one. Maybe I don't think I have one that has more than one. Like every okay. tape would have like one feature. Yeah. If that. Yeah, yeah. So I go from that to having one where every track is a feature. Oh. And I made all the beats except for uh, this one track with a ghost, the young sage, where him and I collabed on the beat as well. All right, nice. So nice. you know, it's just cool, man. It's a, I, I'm really proud of Buena Gente. Dope. Well, um, let's take a second. I want to take the opportunity. I know we were building on, we build off on Buena Gente, and it's like probably the horrible segue. But let's take a minute. Let's get into this pound cake, which is the song that you and Jazz collaborated on. Yeah. Uh, we'll take a break here. We'll let the people listen to pound cake, and then we'll come back and talk about it on the other side. Facts. Y'all stay it. tuned. Awesome. I'm hungry. You know what I'm in the mood for? 
That's buy a pound cake From selling the pound to making cake But first I'm me escaping the view of this mountainscape The town at the base like five miles away If someone spotted us through a telescope Smile and wave Cause we friendly round here unless you violate Help yourself the coffee and the J while you wait I'm never late nowadays I'll be right there in no time Like a sundial in the shade Soon I smoke a strain that's violet and jade That's weed, I'm just saying it's stylistically The meaning of nihilistic is life has no meaning But that's an oxymoron like a high definition Old TV, play with the antennas, hope you see me Used to rock a bandana in the front like Tupac So cheesy, like the leftovers, I'm reheating What good is food if none of the homies eating? But look It's like we're singing a song Shorty on a date, fornicate, then record a tape It's already straight, it's not the border of the state Getting things in order, so many songs, my hard drive's a hoarder Was almost game over, art find a quarter But every now and then the stars align for ya It's like a euphoria, came back to Florida shining with an aura Neighbors thought I was dead, like this song with PFM and Iron Aura Except it's your brain being fed, kinda sorta Drass found a sample above a dinosaur And you probably discovered this song inside a vinyl store When I mess up, the voice in my head said, nice going I'm just an artist making music, yeah, I enjoy it To me, a microphone's like a vital organ Had to remind myself what I'm willing to die for again It's like we're singing along It's like the same old Jeff Draz on production. I know y'all felt it because I felt it. So you were, we touched on a little bit on the fact that uh, Draz put together the beat, put out the beat tape, and now little by little you're starting to see that. You're starting to see um, Curry Chicken. Um, mm. And uh, so, so I how, love that song too, man. It's dope. It is dope. I can't focus <laughs> on you. I have so much to do. A-Y-N-T, for mm-hmm. sure, for yeah. sure. Um, so, so did Draz tell you Yo, I want you to get on this, or did you say, Draz, I need to be on that? Um, Draz sent me one of the other beats. Okay. Which was dope, mm-hmm. but I said, yo, let me hear uh, 
what else, what else is available? And he, he just sent me the link to the to where the beats was at. Okay. And I'm just going through them, and I heard Pound Cake, and I asked him, uh, "What's up with this one?" And he said, "Bro, go ahead, rock it." Mm. And uh, that was that was around like I want to say two in the morning or so. And by like eight o'clock in the morning, when I got off work and I came home, the song I recorded, I wrote, I wrote everything. Recorded, mixed it, and sent it to him. Like by by eight in the morning, wow. he had gotten it, and I went. To, I I because I got home, I recorded the vocals, and then I sent it to him and got back in my van to go change the oil. <laughs> and then I'm there like getting my oil changed, and I'm here like getting this messages from Draz like, "You are the most <laughs> proficient artist." <laughs> like what the fuck this is such a quick turnaround for such a quality product <laughs> and I was like damn but yo that's what inspiration is Draz yeah. evidence you know evidence the rapper like yes, yes evidence has his line where he goes I write to alchemist cause no one else inspires me mm, you know yeah like Draz to me is that yeah cause I be making my own beats now I've been rapping over my own beats for like close to five years now okay and like and uh Draz is the only one that it, that he has like a 100% success rate of like sending me a beat that I will for sure stop what I'm doing and like write this crazy track to. Yeah. Wow. You know? He's so, batting a thousand right now. He really is, man. Draz, bro. Draz. <laughs> you. Draz, like, and mind you, I've worked with other, other producers over the years, especially earlier in my, um, in my discography, and they're all great. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're all... Super talented. I've actually been really blessed, man. With if you go back to my earlier works, and you'll hear like the 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 wall of sound okay. that I was rocking with, you'll see that these guys are like phenomenal, bro. In my opinion, they're mm-hmm. really really good, man. Every every producer that I've rocked with, but Draz has this like this uh, bro. His style is kind of lo-fi, but it still slaps. Yeah, and it's kind of minimal, but the sounds they fill up enough of the of the spec of the frequency spectrum. Yeah, where it doesn't sound thin. Yeah, or, yeah. but it doesn't sound muddy either. Okay, and like, bro, Draz is a master, bro. Damn. And uh, man, I, I'm really happy to start off 2020, you know, with fucking Pound Cake, bro. Pound Cake is like an awesome song. Yes, agreed, know? agreed. Thank Yo. you, man. And the video. And the video, not to mention that there's a video for it out already. <laughs> Yo, let me tell you, man, that video, right? Back to what we was talking about earlier. Like, I had, um, so, so for every, um, all right, pause. These beers and that fucking root drink is starting to kick in. <laughs> right. Facts. Yeah. Um, all right, play. So, like, so Draz, right? Like, he... I don't think he's ever worked a camera for a music video. He at least he didn't tell me he has. Okay. But um, I have my camera on this like gimbal. It's okay. Like, it's called the Ronin SC. Okay. And uh, so I set up all the settings and I gave Draz the Ronin with the camera already on it, ready to go. And I go here, man. Point it at me and kind of move like this a little bit. Now the gimbal for those who don't know, and the only reason I know this is because shouts to Rob Productions, um, old time homeboy. Videographer, years of experience. A gimbal is what it what it does. It, it design it's designed to keep the camera in one position, to, regardless of where you turn the the equipment holding it. So if you rotate it one way, it kind of like flows. It stays. It makes it seem seamless. It makes yeah. it look seamless. To because me. the gimbal is a motorized <clears throat> camera stabilizer. There that you go. It, it balances the camera on three different axes. On some old gyroscope shit, like yeah. 
It has one axis on the pan, one axis on the tilt, and one on the roll, right? Yeah. Um, so they all those three axes work simultaneously to keep the camera stable while you move around, and it'll kind of keep it not shaky while you kind of ex- yeah. execute these camera movements, right? Dope. So the reason why I bought that was for my own videos was because I've learned over the years that, especially with like enthusiastic friends of mine that are down to help me make a video... They have shaky hands. Yeah. Because they're not cameramen. Yeah, exactly. You know? So I'll give them the camera and I'll be like, yo, do this. And I'll either be out of focus mm. or the shit will be shaky or both. Yeah. So I'm like, all right. So enter the gimbal, enter Draz, quite possibly the first time. <laughs> yeah, that he worked he the camera. camera. And like, because of this technology that I invested in, right? That, uh, which you, it's a DJI product. Like, he was able to flawlessly execute these takes. Nice. And like, every take was good, you know? Nice. So it was just him and I out there. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we, we both filmed each other uh, for the shots that we're, we're both in. Yeah. And it took us like a couple hours to do the whole video. It, it was a minimal video. Shout out to uh, to Ralph, which is the owner of Mary's Cafe. Okay. Coin and Laundry. It's like a 24-hour pretty legendary spot here in, by the Grove. Okay. Um, it's a laundry map with a little cafe that you can order a pan con bite. Nice. Or a medianoche. Or a medianoche yeah. fax. And um, bro, he gave us permission to to film, which is cool because I'm so used to guerrilla filming, where you try to like sneak in some shots, yeah, you know, yeah. without permission. Yeah. Um, but bro, he gave us permission, and it, it, all the stars just aligned, you know. No. The way the 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 sky was that day, that the 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 it wasn't too windy, so I can fly my drone mm. and get those shots of the aerial shots there. And um, yeah, it's dope, man. You know. Once you have the gear, you can execute high quality video videos yeah. without dedicating two days to it. You can just do it in a few hours because everything comes out uh, good. Yeah, you know. There goes that proficiency that Darius was talking about. It, it <laughs> yeah, it, it, it pops up again, bro. Because let me tell you, man. Within like six months or something from now, I'm I'm leaving Miami. You know. Okay. And I'm going to be traveling. Like, I have the majority of my fans of my music is actually outside of Florida. Wow. So, I haven't been able to tour because I've been on probation. Mm. And uh, now, but by the time that I that I leave, I'll be able to tour. And I want to be able to film music videos um, out there, even if it's by myself. Yeah. So, I needed the type of equipment that will allow me to do so. create some, a certain level of quality either by myself or with just one other person. Yeah. That's why I invested in all that stuff. Dope, dope. Where, I mean, YouTube, right? Where else can they find your music? Let's give them all the info before we go even even any sure. further. Bro, just Google or YouTube Art Morera. It's A-R-T-M-O-R-E-R-A. I'm out here. YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Instagram. Uh, Bandcamp? Bandcamp as well. I fucks with Bandcamp, bro. Okay. I used to... Back in like seven years ago, I kind of gravitated away from Bandcamp because yeah. um, SoundCloud was getting more popular. Yeah. So I kind of abandoned Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, since then, they have <clears throat> created these new features that I'm really excited to utilize um, that I'm sure fans would appreciate. Um, so yeah, I'm just, I'm out here, man, you know? Uh, and if you see me, say what's up. My bad if I'm in a rush when you say yeah. hello. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's happened a couple times, man. But you like, appreciate the hello regardless. I'll be like, "Yo, thanks, but fuck, I gotta go, man." That's happened already a couple times, bro. I'm not even lying. 
Like somebody will pull up on me and win wood. It's like, not by design. But art is telling you that it's not by design. He's not saying, yo, I'm trying to avoid this person. No, you got not places at all. to be. It's true, man. I'm like, yo, my bad fool. I just I really gotta go. And it threw off it threw off this one dude that uh, pulled up on me. But but also the way that he approached me was a little funny because mm. like he just yo, your art, right? Yeah, what's up, man? Oh shit. Hey bro, check out this song. And he just pulls out his phone <laughs> and starts playing a song in the middle of Live ass Winwood playing a <laughs> song out of his phone speaker, and I'm just like, bro, there's no way I'm gonna be able to even appreciate this. Yeah, either. my bad, bro. I gotta give go. you. A... I told him, yo, email it to me so I can hear it. That's what the better. website is for. Yeah, that's what the website is for. Artmorera.com. Yeah. Is yeah. that what it is? Am I right? Am I yeah, Artmorera.com. You can uh, hit me up there. I'm, I'm getting my site redesigned right now, but okay. But I told him like, yo, just email me, cause like, yeah. my bad, I gotta go, fool. And. Um, <laughs> But yeah, man, you know, but Pound Cake, bro, like, the whole point of Pound Cake is, like, life is dope, you know? Yeah. Even when life doesn't seem to be working in your favor, life is dope, man. Like, mm. like, good, bad, enjoy the view that you have and, and eat, you know, like, like, disfruta la vida, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what Pound Cake is, is about. Okay. Like, even when life is hard, you're actually a lot more luckier than you think, you know? Yeah, That's yep. what Pound Cake is, you know? Yeah. If you start to take this into consideration, dope, man. I, I'm pleased with the product, with the work. It's been constant with everything I've heard. Um, honestly, I went going back to what you had mentioned earlier as far as Buena Gente being from front to back. It's uh, You could play it from front to back. There's not one point where you feel like, all right, well, I could do without this one. you know. And, it, and it's dope. It serves a purpose. And if that's the case, that's okay, too. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if you don't like what song here or there, that's fine. Yeah. Whatever. Excellent. Hey, it's all about perception. Uh, perspective. Perspective. Bro, you did not touch any of these of these pretzels, The pretzel bro. chips? No. <laughs> yeah. I'm here munching away this whole shit. <laughs> Yo. Well, I don't... You know, it's, it's, it's only a 100-calorie pack, so I don't want to deny anybody the 100 calories. <laughs> That's funny. No, dope. Hey, uh, Bruce Beats and these man, we're having a hell of a time. I got Art here with me. We just discussed Beats. Um, there's only one thing left to do, and that's see you guys on the other side so we could talk about this food. Bruce Beats and Eats the Podcast, and we have reached the Eats portion. This is the portion, the segment, where we delve into my guests' um, tastes when it comes to food. Um, Favorite meals, go-to meals, sometimes even um, what an ideal meal day would consist of. Um, we kind of get into whether they're uh, a desserts person, if they enjoy the sweets, if they don't enjoy the sweets. Um, sometimes we'll even discuss where they can find some of these foods that they that they really appreciate. Um, so with that, um, Art, uh, go-to meal, favorite dish, something that always calls your attention. Go-to meal? Yeah. Well, uh, oh, my go-to meal is not my favorite dish, but, dish okay. but it's pretty lit. Like uh, a pan comité. Okay. A steak sandwich from yes. Mary's Cafe. Because you can call ahead of time, and the lady that answers the phone is a sweetheart. You get that, like, that Cuban... She could be your aunt. Like, yes. Hola, mi cariño. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of like the Asian lady I imitated like a couple of segments ago. Yeah, she's, she's, sweet, she's, she's kind of nice sweet. too. Yeah, yeah. You know, but this lady's like, hola, mi cariño, que tu quieres? Oh, yeah, let me, uh, señora, déme un pan comité, por favor. Algo más? And I'm like, no, solamente eso. 
Ok, gracias, mi amor. ¿Estás listo en 10 minutos? And I go, thanks. <laughs> yeah. I just walk over That was so just... effective. It was efficient. You know, you said what you wanted. She took it. Uh, she took <laughs> it in in the best way possible. And then she made sure to say, hey, is there anything else you might be needing? It's like the whole, the whole experience from how I call Mary's Cafe to when I'm eating the food, bro. It's like, it's, that becomes my go-to because I live nearby. Yeah. And like... Bro, you know, man, like I, sometimes I get that on the way to where I'm going and um, it's it's inexpensive. Um, however, like it's not nothing beats home cooked f- food, you know, for sure, for sure. But, but that's the thing about like Miami Hispanic restaurants where like it's pretty much home cooked because mm-hmm. you they make it with love. Yeah, too. Despite know? that it's mass produced, but it is it's like if it's efficient, but it's still it's not sloppily thrown together. Correct. It's made with love by someone yeah. that could be, by someone that could be your tia yes. or your abuela or mm-hmm. whatever, you know? Or so, part of that village that most people get raised by, you know? It's like there, there's somebody that's that kind of of that same mind frame, that same area. Mm-hmm. Dope, dope. So like, I'll say, I'll say, too, man. You know, I, 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 I go back and forth between the two. Okay. Um, but you know why I called the Made That Notion podcast, right? Like, because of my brand, 12 a.m. 12 a.m., yeah. Yeah, so it was a very fitting name, you know? Yeah. Um, but man, you know, it's hard to argue against a pan comité, I can't lie. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's probably my <laughs> That's my the go-to, go-to that's like, yeah. Yeah, with a materba. Mm, okay. Or a yeah. Marta. Malta, yeah, yeah. Matelba was an acquired taste, but I eventually got on that and I started to learn how to appreciate it in my yeah. in my late teens. I was like, okay, this isn't as bad as the first time I tried it. Really? So, yeah. For me, the one that the, the worst out of the three, like Miami sodas, you have Iron Bed, Iron okay. Beer, uh huh. Then you have Matelba, solid, and Jupina, and Jupina, right? <laughs> yeah. So out of the three, I always liked Iron Beer and Matelba the most because Jupina felt like. I mean, I'm not, I'm not hating on Jupina. I love Jupina, but like, that's like my least go-to out of the yeah. three. You know? Okay. It's like the so fresh and so green. It's like that's. It's not bad, but yeah, yeah. yeah it'd be the third choice. There's two other yes strong candidates before that one. Yeah, but shout out to Jupina. Still, okay. You know, but like, but yeah, bro, pan comité or medianoche <laughs> with uh, materba or iron beer. It's like it's Miami as fuck. Yeah. And then after you eat it, you ask for a cafecito and you go go on your way. You know. Wow, and that gives you the momentum. I yeah. give you the momentum. Dope, Thanks. dope. Um, to fight the itis. Yes, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So you don't fall victim to the itis. Exactly. You still got to get shit done. Right. You know, and that's and this it's good reasons to catch an itis because that's you know it's the bistela plancha. The, you know they got the, the lettuce tomatoes. They'll throw the little um the the little potato papitas. strips, the papitas. Yeah, little potato strips. Yeah, that's on point, man. That's... I wonder how people outside of Miami feel hearing us talk about all this Miami stuff. They're like, what <laughs> yeah. the fuck is a papita? <laughs> Book a flight. Book a flight. Get you down here. <laughs> he said something about a cafecito. I don't know a what cafecito. the hell he's talking what about. Is it? It's small. I'm going to say small coffee and you'd be right. That's one thing that I miss about Miami culture when I was out in the, the rest of the country. Coast. Like, it's very, uh, as, as, as wholesome as other places are. Yeah. There really is nothing like the cariño that you get mm, yeah, in yeah. Miami. There's something about that Cuban, yeah, Caribbean, like whole wholesomeness that you get when you pull up to somewhere yeah. to order some food. Yeah, you know, it's it's wild because it's like they it, it, you you find you encounter that, and they could be having the worst day, you know. It seems to me, or uh, you know, and you pull up to a place like Areta, whatever, and they always. 
give you that those lines are there they're gonna make you feel like that you know hey we're welcome to see you here we're glad that you're here yeah for real um when you get a lot of times other places you could go and you're like uh you know it's like oh well you know what I think it is? He showed up. You know. You know what I think it is? I think <laughs> it's because Cubans came from communism. Mm. So to like not be around communism anymore. Yeah. It's very that hard to is... have a bad day. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. What else do you find yourself eating on a good day? Um, maybe something you kind of like prepare yourself for like. Oh, I'm looking forward to having something like this. Uh, maybe Flanagan's. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Flanagan's is pretty fire. From the wings to the ribs. The chicken stickers, the big ass pieces of, like, oh, yeah. of strips of chicken, oh, yeah. the wings with the pitcher of beer. Mm. That's, um, yeah, you can't beat that, man. Wing can't. Wednesdays, ten. It was a ten bucks for the pitcher, or there was a, a pitcher, and then yeah. you had the ten and wings, then the wings free. which is a crazy deal. Yeah. You know? uh, the, the the fish dip. Ah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. You can't go wrong with some fish. Flanagan's dip. is fire, bro. I like it. That's that's one thing about Florida that I appreciate because Florida is very fisherman. Coastal centric, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and um, no, Miami is like its own country. Miami is very South American, Caribbean, but the rest, excuse me, the rest of Florida is like those sunburned white dudes <laughs> that walk <laughs> around barefoot all day, but they never yeah. have pata sucia, yeah, you know, yeah. like and they have like Margaritaville shirts, yeah, and everyone has a yacht and seven fishing rods at, at all times, yeah, like yeah. that culture of Florida. Like gets overlooked a bit in Miami because the Hispanic the abundance side of Miami mm-hmm. is so omnipresent that yeah. we forget that the rest of Florida is like these like fishermen, this yeah. fisherman's yep. lifestyle, you know? Exactly. So yeah. so yeah, man, shout out to Flanagan's. I really enjoy. I have like seven of those green cups. <laughs> you know, I was getting that discount when you bring them in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they do. You know, Dude. so yeah, I'll, I'll probably say Flanagan's on a good day. Dope, dope. Yeah. Cool, cool. Um, do you cook yourself? Do you get busy? Do you? I do. Okay. Yeah, man. I actually, uh, it's funny you say that because I've been prepping for, uh, I've been prepping for my travels, bro. Like, okay. I've invested in my single cook, my single propane cooker. I have an induction cooker. Okay. Where you cook through mag through magnets. All right, right nice. And then I also, and I just came up on it too. It's like a firebox stove. Are you familiar with that? No, it's like heard of it. This dude, man, like he's a, he's a kind of like a camping. It's like a camping cookware where it's like a cube, right? Mm-hmm. That's every. It's like a metal cube that you could cook inside of, you really? know. Then and then it folds up and you put it away. So it's huh. like a very small little fireplace that you can okay. cook with if you're like in a national park or something. Yeah. So I've been prepping for like I've been prepping for that, um, and also I've been getting more into like the one pot meals. Okay. Because okay. I'm a guy, bro. Like I'm not really into all dirty dishes, you know. Yeah. So, so if I can cook everything in one pot and make like this like really tasty sludge yeah. of just a bunch of shit. With you the know? nutrition you need to get you through. Yeah, and then and, I... And, and eat it right out of that. And then I, I don't even dirty a bowl. I just eat it with my spoon. Yeah. Like a, like a barbarian, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what I've been on, bro. Like, oh. I've even been meal prepping where, like, you'll have all your nutrition and it just... Everything fits in one pot because I associate that pot with the size of my stomach. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, and even more so because the pot's a little bit bigger than my stomach. But, like... Yeah. But like, yeah, bro, that, that that's that's pretty much what I've been doing, you know, soups, eggs, lean meats, sal, uh, greens for your salads. Yeah. Um, Campbell's soup, you know. Okay. Uh, powders like the 
you know, like uh, fibers and stuff. Yeah. It's funny because we eat things because they taste good when we really should be eating because of the nutrition behind it. True. You know, like how Joe Rogan calls it mouth pleasure with like the flavor. Okay. You eat things that are bad for you because it's so, like there's that pleasure of how good it tastes. Yeah. Even though it's so bad for you. Yeah. I'm trying to reprogram how I approach my sustenance, you know? Okay. And, uh, yeah, bro. Uh, no, we, we out here, bro. Every now and then I'll have to hit up that Burger King if I'm running late. <laughs> yeah. But I'm Speaking trying up, to... have you tried that, uh, the Impossible Whopper? No, I have not, bro. Okay. I okay. feel like, I feel like everyone that, that eats Impossible Whoppers is going to turn into a zombie in like 20 years. <laughs> yeah. There's got to be some type of, like, uh, chemical in there that's, that's going to the, just... That's what puts... <laughs> for my Walking Dead fans, that's the reason why everybody walks around with that in them that no matter what happens to them death whether it's by the hand of a zombie by the hand of a human you're gonna turn yeah for real it might like, be the impossible burger people are gonna <laughs> die and like just that undigested speck of just impossible whatever the fuck yeah it's just gonna start to like thrive in your dead corpse and come back and they're all gonna be reanimate you it's gonna reanimate they're gonna reanimate you. you and you're gonna come back with a burger king crown like a zombie and shit and just kind of like wreak havoc on humanity you know coming this fall to amc yeah for real it's a whole new show for real bro dope dope have, nah but i haven't had it you know I, okay i don't plan on it though okay it's funny how i, I get a laugh out of it because uh, you know a couple months back and i don't think i ever touched on this on the podcast but it's a couple months back I, I read articles about how like um, vegans are suing uh, uh, Burger King um, over the fact that it's not really plant based because it's it's made the Impossible Burgers science made it you know oh okay I got you so I mean they they you know they adapted some of the you it, know, it's a different like, plant exactly it's a so, nuclear power plant <laughs> yeah exactly where they make it at yeah. So uh, so they were going after them, and I was like, oh, come on, man. You got to, I mean, the f- sometimes being too pro, whatever it is, it could work against you. Because if the idea is to get people just to, like, finding alternative, and their big thing is always, hey, we want not, I don't want to use the word that they want to turn you, but they want to, they want to put you on to what it is that they know and, and kind of, like, you know, help you adapt that lifestyle. Yeah. You're going after something that might be what helps people. You know, it's it's a small it's it's a small step, but it might be something that might turn people into future vegans. Like, all right, well, this this Impossible Burger is not bad. You know, maybe I try this, and but you're too busy going. No, we're gonna sue Burger King over the damn Impossible Burger. Well, it's like that episode of South Park where like where they're playing Guitar Hero with that plastic guitar that comes with the video game, and then like Randy Marsh walks in there and goes, "Hey kids, you think that's cool? Well, check this out." And he starts playing like an actual song on the guitar, and then like singing on, singing along to it. And they just interrupt him halfway through the song, like, "Yo, dad, dad, that's fucking gay, bro." You know? <laughs> and it's like, like let let the Impossible Whopper be Guitar Hero. Yeah, yeah. And you being the vegan can just rip on a real guitar. Yeah. Just you know, let them have their fun for a little while. Yeah. You know. And who knows? You might before it's all said and done, you might have people coming over to your side. Because like the thing is with vegans. And I know this because I watch a lot of YouTube. Like, vegans have this stereotypical douchebagginess to them, mm, you know? Mm-hmm. That they think that they, they act like they're better than you because yeah. they're eating plant based. 
And just off of that attitude alone, people get turned off by it's it. It's off-putting, yeah. It's off-putting, yeah. facts, you know? Yeah. They'll be like, man, fuck you. I'm just going to eat my ribs and enjoy not being a dick like you, you know? <laughs> yeah. They, yeah, they tie it. They assimilate the two. Yeah, so it's like maybe if vegans were a little bit more cooler about how they go about, you know, putting people onto veganism, yeah. then more people would feel more inclined. Yeah. To adopt that lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. It's like anything else. There's there's people who will get a little overzealous with it, and there's people that know how to hand, you know, present the information. You know what I'm saying? There's and, and you know, shouts to Skins, my my homeboy Skins, shouts to Magnum Mold. You know, these are people that are, are vegan, and their attitude about it is like, hey, listen, this is available. Also, uh, it's not one of those. If you don't do it this way. You know you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> you know and you don't you don't get that from them. So so I, I hear you with that. I hear you with that. Um, desserts. Are you a big desserts guy? Do you get down with? I know flan is a big thing down here. Yeah. Um, too much for my own good, bro. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm. A, I definitely have a sweet tooth. Um, bro. I know it's stereotypical to hear this from somebody in Miami, but um, the tres leche, mm, okay. arroz con leche, which is rice pudding. Yeah. Uh, pound cake, no pun intended to the song, but pound cake, facts. Pound cake is strong. Pound cake is super fire. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's just the beginning of it. It's like pound cake you can enjoy by itself, or it could be the beginning. It could be the foundation. It could be the it could be the drum pattern or, or, or the sample to a beat, because then you could put strawberries on it. You could yeah. put the whipped cream great, on it. It's a great then, base. Yeah, it's the starting yeah. point. It's, it's not just limited to, you know, you could do whatever. You could create around it. Uh, yeah, right, pancake, I agree. Pancake, yeah, like pound cake. Um, but I find I find myself um uh, uh my go to is uh bro, it's funny man, like Mary's Cafe has is literally like my extended fridge, bro. I go there and like <laughs> I just spend my money there, bro. Like they have the tres leche there is super fire. Uh the 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 arroz con leche is, is great as well. Um and pound cake is good too. But lately I've been trying to like chill off that because mm-hmm. Cause I've been trying to like get in shape. Okay. Um, but it's hard, bro. It is. You know. It is. Which is not not an excuse, but everyone out there that's that knows that you know all these sweets are just amazing to to enjoy, but too much of them is gonna like be counter counterintuitive to yeah, trying yeah. to get in shape. Yeah. Um, you know that there was a study that came out where people that were trying to lose weight lost more weight by eating a little bit of chocolate because they were just happier. Yeah. There was, there was also a study where it was, uh, yeah, a, a piece of cake. They they split the two groups up, and one group had a piece of cake every every morning, early in the morning. Yeah, started, they had a piece of cake. Um, shouts to Raphael, Mister Boot Camp. Um, I worked out with him for, for several years, and he's he's when it comes to putting together meal plans and incorporating um, the he, he he leaves the deprivation out. He you don't you're not deprived of anything. Yeah. He works around what it is that you have a taste for. Now, of course, the majority is going to be stuff you're supposed to be eating. Um, you know, portion control, um, high fiber, um, not too much fat. But he will include whatever it is that you really like so that you don't find yourself in a place where it's you're tempted. Where you're like, like miserable. Where you're miserable. Yeah. So he does a great job of that. Um, shouts to you, Mr. Bootcamp. Y'all can check him out. He's he's on YouTube as well, but um, a previous guest also. Um, and and the proof is is that his wife she competes. She competes in beauty and fitness pageants, and that's she follows 
you know, the, the meal plan she puts out plus the working out and, and it works and, and she'll post like a croqueta every day. And it's like, you think like, wait a minute, that's not, that's not normal. You're not yeah. supposed to have a croqueta on a diet, but you just do more, man. Like you yeah. know, if you, if you're going to eat more than it's just math, you know? Yes. If you yeah. do, if you eat more then you know, you have to work out more or eat less a little bit later to balance it out. Um, you know, and that, that to me, that's the part that like makes it simple for me, but the what makes it difficult for me is that like bro like i have weak willpower when it comes to when i'm hungry mm. nothing else matters bro yeah you yeah know? when i'm yeah. when i'm hungry it's like i will like i'm on autopilot mm. you know and then it, i i only it's funny cuz i find myself only thinking about working out after I finish eating, you know, yeah. I like when, when you're no in, in no condition to work out at that point. Yeah, like I clock back in after I wipe my mouth with the napkin, and I'm like, man, that sandwich was good. Now about that marathon, yeah, you know. Yeah. So it's like I don't know, man. I'm working. I'm working on it. No, but, that's it. That's yeah. all it is, man. I got time to work on it. Art, my man. Um, we got to know you early on in the episode. Um, you sampled the beers. You gave us your opinion on the beers. Yeah. We talked music. We heard some of your music. You guys go out there, check out. There's a lot more where that came from. Trust me. And uh, and we talked food, man. You gave us, gave us a breakdown of what you really like to enjoy, what places. And Mary's Cafe is, is, is definitely a landmark. So anybody right. in the South Florida area, make sure you get out to Mary's Cafe. You can do the little load of laundry while you're there, too. <laughs> hey, bro, it, shit, man. Make it happen. You know? Let's be efficient. Um, bro, I mean, it was a pleasure, man. I appreciate it. Thank it you, was man. such a great feeling to it have awesome, you. Bro. Thank you. Um, this worked out. Shouts to Jazz for, for just putting me on in general. Um, Y'all know what it is. Uh, Bruce Beats and Easter Podcast. As always, I'd like to thank my guest, Art Morera, for sitting down, you know, talking it up with me. I'd like to thank you, the listener, for tuning in yet again. Um, you can keep up with me on IG at Bruce Beats, the letter N Eats. You can keep up with Art. Yes. On IG as well at Art. Is there any other? It's just Art Morera. Art Morera. The Medianoche Podcast has its own has its own Instagram as well, um, which is Medianoche Podcast, and that's it. Dope. If you enjoyed what you heard, tell a friend. If you didn't enjoy it, tell an enemy. Tell somebody. If you find out somebody likes podcasts, just let them know about it. Um, share with them. Let them know that once they get there, rate, comment, subscribe, do all those good things. Um, I also have the Spotify playlist that's under Bruce Beats, the letter N Eats. Get out there. You can listen to music that I curated um, throughout oh, time. Oh, 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 one thing too, man, uh, uh, to interject. Please. Uh, guys, uh, check out Draz's uh, website. It's citationsounds.com. Yes. If you need beats and also to check out the upcoming music from the menu, which is where Pound Cake is available at. Dope. That's it. It's old head ed. This was Bruce Beats and Eats. Peace. Are we there yet? on the way though hey look that's the lighter thank you uh. roll down the windows traffic clears and highway opens in my rear view mirror the city dwindles rev the motor Sweater for the weather when it's colder Heading toward another atmosphere like Minnesota Can of soda in the cup holder for ash from the doja Gas station coffee, y'all need to wake up and smell the folders I'm the dopest, if I was sentenced longer From what I had on me when pulled over my life
last project would have been my magnum opus But God's glorious and it's not where my story ends If you wanna hear about it, then hop in the DeLorean I'll be Doc, you be Marty, my dog Morty is Einy, that's Einstein There I go again with my timelines Don't worry, I'm fine Been enlightened, disconnected, wrote a song at a rest stop with no Wi-Fi Had to backtrack a bit, I guess I missed the exit As where I'm headed, it's a different direction But I'll be back I'll be back. I'll be back. No worries. Say they'll be sad when you're gone. My that's where you're gone. You don't mean no harm. I'll be back for you, no. 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 I'll be back. I live in a transit city, it's awesome. But I've been here too long. Got an itch on my palm. Then I get a bitch on my arm. Like P to P. Don't get me wrong, I said that line once before. Vegan, how I eat a beat that I produce. Samples on this, hope they don't notice. If they do, I'm breaking bread. This takes for heads getting toasted on a road trip. Riding up the one, how I'm coasting. Homies in California, can't wait till I go again. Weed in a jar, my third eye is a jar. Want my name next to the Beatles, like the cover art. We'll see though. That's a cuckoo, by the way, and it's lit. Crawled on my hand for a bit, even taught it to sit. I'm just playing, but we chatted for a minute in the city of transit. Upon departure, I wasn't mad at it, and as it went on its way, I turned and asked what I do. Said I rap, and you? Oh, you know this and that. Well, I'll be back. Don't worry, I'll be back. I'll be back. No worries. Say they'll be sad when you're gone. My that's where you're gone. You don't mean no harm. I'll be back for you, no. 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 I'll be back. Transit City.